Welcome to another Geeks Crossing Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. Here to give you all the best geek-related content you can ask for. And judging by that intro, Matt and I are once again talking about total drama. Yes, it's been a, you know, a, a little series that we've decided to do recently, tackling in very in-depth every uh, season of Total Drama. And we're now up to our third episode, and with that, the third season of Total Drama. Total Drama World Tour. Where the contestants are not competing on an island for $100,000 or an abandoned film lot for a million dollars, but this time they're traveling around the world in a giant cargo plane for another million dollars. But in a twist, since the series is called World Tour, they have to sing as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this format, Matt? Because I think it's very interesting. No, very, very interesting. A nice way to spruce things up. Again, this is the third se- season. Um, more or less the same formula of same characters for the most part doing challenges for money. And so all the ways they could spruce things up, which spoiler warning, World Tour has a lot of ways that the writers kind of spruce things up, the better. And and I'm a big fan of the whole musical genre, so it it really is cool. And we'll talk more in depth about all of them, I'm sure, as we go through each episode. Considering you did two Broadway musical episodes. True, yeah. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I guess I'm kind of a musical fan. I mean... I love Disney films, so I guess that kind of counts. Matt, you're the musical expert. Does that count? Mm-hmm. It definitely counts. I mean, some of Broadway's biggest musicals have been adapted from Disney movies, so there you go. Great. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> so, in terms of contestants, we actually have 15 returning contestants. We have Courtney, Duncan, Gwen, Heather, Lashana, Owen, DJ, Harold, Noah, Cody, Izzy, Tyler, Bridget, and Ezekiel, but in a twist, we have two new contestants joining the cast. Two characters that debuted in the uh, Celebrity Manhunt reunion special, which we already talked about, reporter Sierra and the total drama dirtbag Alejandro, who have been both signed on to the new season as contestants by Chris as a way to, you know, make things more interesting in a very Chris-like way. It's also known that Sierra has her eyes on Cody, while Alejandro, Heather, ooh, foreshadowing, Yes, very, very true. So the format's going to be the same as the last two parts. We're going to go over each episode, list our pros and cons, but in a twist, at the end of each episode, we're also going to talk about the songs. Oh, I really like that. Oh, that's really cool. I figured, hey, this is part three. We might as well spice it up. I should say, audience, I did not know we were going to do that before we recorded today, so that's very exciting. I'm just as surprised as you are, and I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Oh. All right, without further ado... Let's start with episode one. Well, technically, the first two episodes, because just like in season one, we have a two-parter. Walk Like uh-huh. an Egyptian, part one and two. Uh, and much like in Total Drama Island, the first part of the first episode is much more uh, introducing the characters, getting uh, introducing the setting, talking about how this season's going to work, while part two is much more heavily into the actual challenge. I mean, the, the challenge is in part uh, episode one, too, but... You know, th- this is the episode where we're introduced to our, these contestants. You got to remember, too, it's been a while since we've seen a lot of these guys. You know, Noah, Cody, Tyler, Ezekiel. These are guys who have not competed since before the merge in Island, which was like years ago by this point. <laughs> so um, it's pretty cool getting to see everybody again. 
basically for the first half, Chris was going over the quote-unquote accommodations of their cargo plane. It turns mm-hmm. out that whichever team wins the challenge gets a reward of staying in first class where they get nice relaxing seats, five-course meals or whatever. Like, basically, they live in luxury if they win a challenge. This is the first time we've ever actually seen anything like this. It will show up in later seasons, but it's the first time that when you win, you're rewarded, which I think is really cool because it kind of gives that extra, like, incentive for you to want to win. As expected, the losing teams have to spend the nights in economy, which we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's very, very (laughs) uncomfortable. They don't yeah. even have beds. They have to sit on like these wooden benches or some shit like that. Yeah, if you're if you're thinking about economy on like a typical plane, you know, oh, my seats are a little uncomfortable. No, nah, they got steel benches and like cracks that regularly open up and they almost fall out to their deaths. Like rats everywhere. It's it's not fun. Again, this solidifies that Chris does not give a shit about the well-being <laughs> of his contestants. Mm-mm-mm. Definitely not. Speaking of which, for the first challenge, well, if the title didn't give it away. The first trip on the world tour is Egypt. They have to race to either go through or over a pyramid, and depending on your placement, it'll decide what team you'll be on. Say, like, the first five people who complete the race, they're on team one. Then the next five people, team two, and so on. Yes, because for the first time and only time in Total Drama history, Total Drama World Tour has three teams. So, you know, you're not going to be content with just either being a Something that rhymes with screaming gopher or something that rhymes with killer bass. We are doing things differently now. But before that, there was definitely a lot of humorous moments in this episode. Oh, for sure. Like in the beginning where Chris bashed Owen the head with a frying pan to cure his acrophobia. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure bashing someone in the skull with a frying pan doesn't cure their acrophobia. Yeah, I would guess that that would, you know, I'm sure the fear wouldn't go away and they'd also probably have brain damage, but you know, <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> Not to mention trauma. Mm-hmm. We have Heather trying to be all buddy-buddy with Sierra, but Sierra, as we know, is a hardcore total drama fan, so she knows all of Heather's trickery. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. This is the first character kind of to be, like, aware in-universe of everybody's faults and flaws and whatnot. It's, it's kind of cool. So she's definitely a force to be reckoned with going in. I mean, she did mention Celebrity Manhunt that she knows their dental records. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't get more much more personal than that. <laughs> As we know, Tyler is back this season, but here's a problem. Lindsay doesn't remember him. It's been so long, and Tyler has gotten so irrelevant by this point, having not competed in the show since Phobia Factor, that Lindsay just flat out doesn't even remember him. Granted, <laughs> so she... he was mentioned many times in action, but it was in a sense that, oh, let's get Tyler to do it. Lindsay, Tyler is never coming back. Well, the joke's on them because Tyler did come back for season three. Lindsay seems to vaguely know who Tyler is, but she doesn't recognize that the guy in the red tracksuit is Tyler. <laughs> and on top of that, all the females, including her, are now being attracted to Alejandro, so this is going to be a lot tougher for Tyler. Alejandro, he sets off pretty early. He's essentially kind of like a smarter Justin. And that's going to really be very helpful because, um, as we know, we talked about action. Justin kind of tried to use his looks to his advantage, and it kind of just stopped working after a while. Lindsay and Beth got bored with him. Alejandro's going to try to kind of be a little bit more, you know, skilled than that. Savvy. Um, and, and we're going to see he's going to become a master negotiator. It's going to be pretty crazy. And during the challenge, DJ accidentally disintegrating a mummified puppy. So Which sets off a series of unfortunate events. 
Yes, DJ uh, afflicts himself with an Egyptian curse, uh, the likes of which we will we'll talk a little bit more about as the episodes go on. But it is not fun for DJ or any animal that comes in contact with him. I'll say that much. So, like we alluded, this is just measly an intro episode, so no eliminations are really at stake. But in a twist, Duncan, who is constantly annoyed with Courtney and Gwen's bickering, he flat out quits the show. Duncan was not a big fan of the idea of a musical because, of course, he you know he's a hardened juvie boy. He's not really a big fan of singing on TV, and he complains a lot. And and yeah, it puts him over the edge when he has to deal with Courtney and Gwen's bickering. Um, oh yeah, and and, then, <laughs> and while they're bickering, Chris was like, "Okay, ding ding." Yeah, fun fact: every time when the contestants hear that little dinging sound, that means they have to sing. And Duncan, and Duncan was like, not having it. wait a minute, you said one song per episode. Yeah, and this is a reprise, not a new song. And if you don't sing, you're out. I lost my shit when Duncan just went off. He was like, I've been hearing these two arguing for three hours, and now you want me to sing? Forget it. Uh, dude, you have a contract. Eat it, McLean. And just this is like a, yeah. that, Duncan, the winner, or... I should say finalist of the last season is gone in the first episode. Yeah, final four in Ireland, finalist in action, and quits the show in like ten minutes, fifteen minutes in world tour. It's really crazy. But again, I guess not too surprising. You know, he he's not really one for the sing and dance routine, especially now that he has to deal with Courtney and Gwen bickering together. Because if you think about it, those characters, Courtney and Gwen, had never really interacted much before this uh, episode. You know, they'd been on different teams in Island, and Gwen was gone by the time Courtney joined action. So this is an interesting new interaction, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. There's a lot of interactions between characters that have never really talked to each other before. So it's, it's really cool in this season when that happens. Speaking of teams, like Matt said before, there's three teams this time. First, we have Team Victory, consisting of DJ, Lashana, Harold, Bridget, Lindsay, and Ezekiel. Team Amazon, consisting of Heather, Gwen, Courtney, Cody, and Izzy. And <laughs> I can't say this last team without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> team Chris is really, 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 really hot. I shit you not. That is the name of the team, consisting of Alejandro, Owen, Noah, Tyler, and Sierra. <laughs> Makes you wonder who came up with the team name. Yeah, um, nobody was really sure, so Sierra ended up naming the team um, after something that she thought was a fact, and Chris really enjoyed. <laughs> because of course he does. It's also noted that early in the episode, Chris tried to eliminate Ezekiel because he kept on going about how he's not going to be the first one eliminated. Oh, the Zeke's going to win this time. Yeah, so, interrupting Chris's explanations and things like that. <laughs> but since Duncan quit, they were technically down a contestant, so Chris was like, all right. Fuck it. Zeke, you're on team one. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. overall, part one, very solid episode. But how about the first song, Come Fly With Us? Oh, yeah. This one, this is the song that sets it all into motion. Pretty much every character sings or has a line. The only song on the whole show, obviously, where that's true because people start, you know, getting eliminated. You know, it's just a nice sum up. Everyone's on the plane together on their way to Egypt and. It's just a very classic-sounding, Broadway-esque show tune song, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very basic, but very catchy. Yeah. 
almost everybody got a chance to sing except for Owen, who once again got bashed in the freaking skull with a frying pan, courtesy of Chris. Mm-hmm. The only people who didn't want to sing were Gwen and Duncan, but eventually they, you know, allowed it to happen because Chris revealed that if you if he wants you to sing and you don't sing, you're out. So Gwen sang and Duncan delivered the last line of the whole song. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> like yeah. <that>. Jazz hands. <laughs> Yeah, All but right. I, th- I think when people think of the music from World Tour, they do think of this song. So it's pretty pretty good, pretty uh, solid. All right, episode two, Walk Like an Egyptian, part two. So the three teams have to bring their rewards. Well, we should actually mention that first. At the end of the race, each team has now a reward. Team Amazon has a camel. Team Chris is really, 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 really. I'm just going to say Team Chris, <laughs> just to make it yeah. easier. Team Chris has a goat, and Team Victory has a stick, and they have to race across Egypt, then basket weave a boat, soar it across the Nile to win. Uh, and that's pretty much how it goes. And of course, they it wouldn't be Total Drama World Tour if they just had to go from point A to point B. There's obviously deadly scarabs uh, who will eat your flesh, and man-eating alligators, or excuse me, man-eating crocodiles patrolling the Nile River. So, you know, this is no walk in the park. <laughs> It's kind of ironic because even though they were technically in first place last time, they ended up with the shittiest item, that being the stick. But they soon find out halfway through the episode, it's actually a divining rod. And it's a lot easier to transport uh, than a camel or a goat, especially when you're thinking about trying to get on a, a basket-weaved boat. So, uh, But unfortunately, that's not exactly what, how things turn out for them, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't find that out until halfway through the episode, which was very late, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Most of the race was centered on, you know, Team Amazon and Team Chris. Even though it looked like Team Amazon had the upper hand because, hey, they have a camel. The bigger animal means they're going to win the race. But no, Alejandro had great sense of direction and he was able to direct the goat to where the Nile is. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. None of them don't know how to basket weave. On the contrary, Team Amazon has Sierra, who's actually, I think she said, a fourth-generation basket weaver. Mm -hmm. But there's also a problem between the two teams. Sierra and and Izzy's crushes, well, both their respective crushes are on opposing teams. So to compensate, they decided to switch teams, which at first Alejandro was against. But since Chris is the host, he can do whatever he wants. And at this moment in the show, Chris is a big fan of Sierra, so... He's, uh, you know, because she's such a big fan of him. So he allows what Sierra wants. And uh, Sierra and Izzy switch teams. But there was also a problem. Even though, yeah, Sierra basket weaved the boat, they couldn't get the camel on the boat because only Izzy could speak camel. (laughs) Also, can we we address the fact that my man Cody was literally at the worst spot while riding on the camel? Because he was literally hanging on to the camel's ass. Yeah, that was that was not fun for poor Cody. I felt so bad for him, my God. <laughs> it looked like Team Chris was going to win, but when Izzy told the camel that they were going to win, that somehow provoked the camel to go on the boat. <laughs> and if, if you're wondering where Team Victory is, oh, they eventually make it, but needless to say, they come in last place. Yeah, they got lost in the desert. You know, nobody's really that great at weaving boats on Team Victory or anything like that or talking to camels. So it's just, it's not a great time for them. And so 
they end up in last place. But Chris announces it doesn't matter who's in last place as long as all three items uh, rewards made it to the finish line. It's just a reward challenge. So everybody is safe, or so they thought. During the musical number, Ezekiel tried using the divining rod to scare away crocodiles, but one of the crocs ate the stick, which means no stick means somebody from that team is going home. And you can kind of understand who uh, who they want out. So for the elimination ceremony this season, the contestants have to go into confessional, have like passports of each member of their team, and stamp the contestant they want to choose to go home. Of course, Lindsay took the idea in the wrong direction. <laughs> but it didn't yeah. matter because Ezekiel got the most votes, and once again, he's the first contestant eliminated. And in good spirits, Chris also makes Duncan, you know, kicked out as well. Oh, we should say, the elimination method this time around, you know, instead of the dock of shame and the boat of losers or the lamosian, no, you just got to take a parachute and jump out of the plane. Because <laughs> they stop for no man. Duncan jumps, or I should say, Duncan is shoved out of the plane. <laughs> While Ezekiel, even though he was thrown out, he barely hangs onto the wing of the plane, <laughs> vowing that he's not going anywhere. <laughs> Damn, Zeke's not playing around this time. Nuh-uh. Alright, and now, in this episode, we have two songs, Loving Time and Rowing Time. It's the same basic melody, but Loving Time is uh, a bit of a slower, you know, kind of more harmonious, and then uh, Rowing Time is more frantic and, and fast, but same basic melody. Yeah, they're both good songs. Yeah, they're solid. These these are definitely probably the upper half, or these are in the upper half of the songs, I think, for me. It's nice. Again, we still pretty much are at the stage in the game where everyone is singing, and uh, again, that doesn't happen a lot in the show. So it's pretty cool hearing like everybody have to try to calm the scarabs. And then, of course, Ezekiel <laughs> ruins everything by going off beat. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. Super happy, crazy, fun time, Japan. The next stop on the world tour is Japan. So this episode, well, actually, I should say first, all the contestants are thrown out of the plane while they sleep <laughs> and are forced to sing for Chris to save them. Then when they land in Japan, each team has to send a volunteer into a kind of prize, a big like bubble, and throw them in like a giant pinball machine. And whoever racks up the most points gets a, a leg up in the next challenge, which is to make a commercial for Chef's, uh, what is it? Total Yum Yum Happy Go Time Candy Fishtails. A, a candy, I almost said a delicious candy, but it tastes horrible to everybody but Owen, of course. And so, yeah, so the teams have to each make a, uh, the commercial. Whoever comes in first in the prize uh, pinball challenge gets first run of the prop room, and uh, everybody else has to kind of deal with sloppy seconds. Whoever makes the best commercial gets first class. Whoever makes the worst commercial has to send to somebody packing. It's also noted that during the pinball challenge, each contestant has to be paired with an animal. Well, in this case, the animal that two of the teams are paired with is a panda. For Team Chris, Alejandro volunteers. And he gets along fine with the panda. In fact, they were in perfect unison. <laughs> For Team Victory, it was DJ. And if you recall from the last episode, DJ has an Egyptian curse. So every time he goes near the panda, it just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> and vice versa, DJ unintentionally hurts the panda as well. But what about Team Amazon? Well, Cody volunteers, being the gentleman that he is. But the animal he has to be paired with is Sierra. <laughs> If we had a point for every time she kissed me in there, we'd be millionaires. <laughs> Is this 
her gum? Ew. <laughs> yeah, so things really kick off in this episode between Cody and Sierra, um, which, again, it's going to be one of the most important relationships of the whole season. But, yeah, we really get a sense that not only is Sierra just a super fan, but she is also obsessed with Cody. <laughs> yeah. To Cody's hatred. Team Chris wins the first challenge, which means they get first dibs on getting props for their commercial. So for their idea, they have Owen dressed up as a giant monster and the rest of the team as army man, where the only way they can tame the monster is by feeding him the fish candy or whatever it's called. Solid idea. Yeah. For Team Victory, Harold, being the self-proclaimed Japanese culture enthusiast or master or whatever his proper term was, he decided to go an authentic Japanese route where he plays a samurai and the villagers are pleading for mercy, but he'll only do it if they feed him candy or some shit like that. Yeah, something like I, that. <laughs> I don't know. They try to go the authentic route while trying mixing something that's, you know, trendy, which it really didn't work out. Yeah. But for Team Amazon, throughout the episode, Courtney, Gwen, and Heather were arguing about who should be the leader of the team. And because they were arguing, they didn't have time to make a commercial, except for Cody and Sierra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With Sierra's enthusiasm and Cody's AV skills, they were able to make a commercial that was not only random, but it actually intrigued Chef. It was so random that Chef had to declare them the winner. <laughs> that said, though, even though Team Chris's ad was weird, it was not Chef's least favorite because uh, just like Team Amazon, Team Victory was going through some crazy uh, leadership, like vision problems. And uh, Harold ended up wanting to make his the commercial as genuine as possible featuring a samurai on a horse in the rain and it just really did not pique chef's interest so he declared them the loser which means they had to send someone home so because dj lost the first challenge for his team and barely acted at all during the commercial it looked like he was gonna get eliminated but prior to the elimination alejandro talked to harold and said like oh as a noble samurai you must do what's best for your team so with a heavy heart harold decides to quit Mm -hmm. He spares DJ and instead takes the fall himself because he kind of accepts the blame for his idea kind of bombing. <laughs> yeah, he stabs himself with his uh, katana, a.k.a. plastic lightsaber, accepts his fate, jumps out of the plane. And it's kind of crazy. We're, we're going to mention this as we go on with this season, but this is the last season with the original contestants, like all of them. And so for a lot of classic contestants, this is it. This is the end. Like, this is the last time Harold ever competed. World Tour is such a bittersweet season for me because of that. Like, we get to see the end of a lot of really great old characters, you know? And Harold is just one of many. To be fair, Harold already had his moment in glory in last season, so yeah. I'm not that surprised that he got booted this early. Yeah. Sucks for Harold, but <laughs> it is what it is. And the song, Before We Die, self-explanatory. In the beginning yep. of the episode, like Matt mentioned, Chris dropped them out of the plane and they had to sing about what they want to do before they die. It was almost like in a state of panic almost. Like they were panicking, but they were also cheerful because, you know, they're very passionate about what they want to do before they die. But it didn't matter. They landed on a giant bowl of rice. So everybody gets to live another day. Yeah, this song's all right. I'm, I mean, I've never been too crazy about it, but lyrically, it's pretty funny hearing what everybody wants to do before they die. Yeah, I agree. Episode four. Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> Next stop, the Yukon. It's a race around the Yukon, and the contestants first have to jump from ice flow to ice flow. And then once they jump over the ice flow, they have to pretty much do, like, sledding, like sled racing. 
where one contestant has to pull a sled and pick up the rest of the team members on various checkpoints around the Yukon. And whoever gets all of their teammates and then races to the finish line wins. And whoever does it last or fails to get all of their members loses. The ice hole scene had some of my favorite parts in the episode. My favorite, <laughs> hands down, was when Tyler slipped. And when Lindsay hopped over him, she was like, hi, Noah. <laughs> she thinks I'm Noah? <laughs> I, I, I'm like, how? These two don't look anything alike. <laughs> And uh, one of, again, really great season for relationships, and one of the best, which we I, I teased a little bit in our island review. One of our one of the best, Owen and Noah. Oh God, beautiful! I love them. Two amazing characters becoming bros, and so we actually get one of the an early Owen and Noah scene here where Noah tries to jump over the ice flow. Owen jumps after him and launches him across the river. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love those characters so much, and, and they work really well together as, like, bros. It's it's very fun. For Team Amazon during the Ice Flow Challenge, Cody tried saving Gwen, but he ends up bumping into Owen, and the two almost get mauled by a polar bear, only get saved by Sierra. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they fall into the water, and what does Owen do? He fucking pees in the water. <laughs> much to Cody's disgust. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wait, why do I feel a warm spot? Ah, uh, oh, you peed. Gross. Come on, dude. Sierra tries to save him. <laughs> oh, Cody, if one of us drowns, I want it to be me. Me too. <laughs> I also love how Cody was freezing and Sierra just fucking chucks him halfway across the ice hole. <laughs> oh, gosh. Things are not looking good for my man, Cody. No, absolutely not. He's... <laughs> He's kind of dealing with some frostbite. <laughs> As for Team Victory, we get some interesting interactions between Bridget and Alejandro. That's true, yeah. Alejandro kind of uh, starts trying to become a shoulder to cry on for Bridget, who hasn't really been doing too well this season just because she's having trouble with separation anxiety from Jeff. And Alejandro's kind of just like, oh, they're there, you know, you always have me. Um, and it starts to work because, again, Bridget really does find Alejandro attractive, as most of the women on the show do. Um, yeah, plus Alejandro ripped off his shirt and gave it to Bridget. And mind <laughs> yeah. you, they're in minus 30 degree weather or some show like that. Yeah, it's a, a big sacrifice, but oh gosh. And again, this, this charm starts to work on Bridget. Beforehand, while jumping on the ice floe, Bridget accidentally kisses Alejandro. And right when the two are about to share another accidental kiss, Bridget's tongue gets stuck in a pole. And Alejandro, of course, never really caring that much about Bridget, is whisked away by his team, and Team Chris is able to claim victory in this challenge. Team Amazon looked like it was they were coming in last place, but because Team Victory forgot to pick up Bridget, <laughs> they once again lost. <laughs> but not before DJ accidentally knocking down a baby seal. <laughs> Yeah, greatly angering it, of course, due to his curse. I gotta say, Team Chris had a really great episode this time. <laughs> I like the, you know, radioactive Izzy, the early Owen and Noah stuff, Alejandro schmoozing, and Tyler saving his entire team from, like, falling <laughs> off of the glacier. Wait, I thought Noah saved everybody. No, it was, it was Tyler. Oh, uh... <laughs> You got me there for a second. <laughs> yeah, right, Noah. That guy, that guy Noah saved everything. Uh, I'm, I'm got to be legit here. I honestly think Team Chris is probably my favorite 
Total Drama team that's ever existed. I just think the chemistry works so well, and it's just so many great characters. Everyone's gonna know who Tyler is! Oh, sorry, Noah. <laughs> Will Noah ever get Lindsay to recognize him? It's Tyler! <laughs> this episode also brings up a really cool fact. Um, you remember when we talked about action, there were a lot of uh, reward challenge episodes where every now and then, every, approximately every other episode, they would be competing just for a prize. It would be like a movie night or something or a buffet. In this season, though, there are still reward challenges, but Chris never tells them when they are. So everyone's always on their toes thinking they're about to be eliminated. And I think this is the system that works the best. I really think it's cool. You never know. You're always on your toes. Um, and characters will even be like, oh, there's no way there's going to be another elimination. Like, come on. It's been too many. And Chris will be Chris. like, yeah, too bad. <laughs> so sadly, Bridget gets eliminated. But because her tongue is still stuck to the pole, which none of them bothered to remove it for some reason. <laughs> even though it only took hot water. <laughs> Bridget tried to warn everybody about Alejandro. But obviously, they can't understand her. <laughs> Alejandro maintains his cover, and Bridget gets thrown out of the plane. And since we kept mentioning Stuck to a Pole, that's ironically the name of the song. Yeah, Stuck to a Pole. It's kind of like this rock-esque song where Bridget kind of sings this har- horrible, like, down-to-earth song. But <laughs> obviously, you can barely understand what she's saying. That's <laughs> why they have lyrics everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics on the bottom, and Team Amazon sings back up. Except for Cody, because he is still dealing with, like, hypothermia. It kind of irks me how no one even showed concern over Bridget. Not even Gwen and Courtney, who are debatably her friends. That is true. I, I never really thought about that. But Gwen and Bridget were were pretty close in Season 1. You know, not as much in Season 2. Uh, but, you know, still, I think they would care a little bit. Alright. So, Episode 5, Broadway Baby. Total Drama World Tour arrives at the biggest city in America, New York, for a uh, Manhattan-themed challenge. The teams have to climb the Statue of Liberty uh, to claim three baby carriages, one for a team. Um, And then, after deciding who gets to ride in the carriage and who has to push it, the team has to get that carriage all the way from a, you know, big tour of New York to the middle of Central Park. And whoever does that last loses. They also have to pick who has to be the quote-unquote baby yeah. during the challenge. Not surprisingly, the Amazons chose Cody. <laughs> Much to my annoyance. <laughs> Poor Cody, can't catch a break. Team Chris chose Noah because he's kind of like the Cody of their team. Yeah. And by that, I mean the lightweight. Yeah, Let's absolutely. That way. Absolutely. <laughs> And Lindsay volunteered to be the baby of that challenge because she loves it when people call her baby. I love how Noah told Tyler, make a mental note of that, bro. I don't have a pen. <laughs> yeah. It's worth noting, too, by this point, Team uh, team Victory is only three people. It's just DJ, Lindsay, and Lashana. So uh, half their team has been eliminated by this point. <laughs> Not fun for them. You know what kind of annoyed me, but was also kind of funny? How nobody gave a shit that Cody was stranded. Like, Team Amazon was the first team that get on their jet ski or whatever. Oh, yes, yeah, so rather the jet ski part, too. And then when Courtney sped up, Cody fell out of the boat and nobody noticed. Well, Sierra noticed and everyone was just telling Courtney, turn around, turn around. What? I can't hear you. Cody tried hijacking on everybody else's boat, but failed. <laughs> so the Amazons <laughs> lost their lead because they had to pick up Cody. 
Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Courtney. Yeah, damn it, Courtney. But later on, some due to some sneaky tactics, uh, the Amazons are able to kind of force a, a member of Team Chris to be abandoned when Heather switches baby carriages with some random mother in the park uh, with Noah. <laughs> this is also getting back at Alejandro's trickery with Sierra because mm-hmm. Alejandro notices that Chris is adoring Sierra's praise, obviously. Yeah. So he convinces Sierra to keep on praising Chris, including anything that's embarrassing to him. She mentioned Chris had his own, what was it, cooking show? <laughs> But what I remember mostly was Chris was in a boy band. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I love how everybody was laughing in the confessionals, including Chef. <laughs> That's true. We haven't gotten really much into Chef this season, but he's the pilot of the plane. And no, he doesn't have a pilot license. No, yeah, God forbid. He's just he's still just the chef. But he gets a few good, great moments like that where he's laughing. And it was at that point where Chris was annoyed. So Heather realizes that this was Alejandro's doing. So she decided to get back to him. And for once, Team Victory doesn't come in last. And sadly, Team Chris comes in last. Mm-hmm. But much to everybody's surprise, it's actually a war challenge. The yep. winners, that being Team Amazon, got to pick their giant apples that they kept during the race challenge, I think. Yep. They got giant apples. Um, inside one is a, a what seems to be a rusty sort of uh, electric meat packing device that Heather's like, oh, this is useless. Get rid of that. And, you know, they keep the food, obviously. But that's going to come back and bite them. <laughs> Speaking of bites, we got to mention that snapping turtle that bit DJ during the pawn challenge or whatever. Yeah. Again, DJ, poor DJ. Can't catch a break still. He tried to return the sea turtle back to its family. But then, what do you know, a giant turtle eats the baby. I was like, wow, what awkward timing. <laughs> right. And the song, What's Not to Love. Basically, it's Broadway X, just like the last few songs almost. Yeah, this one's definitely more inspired by, obviously, like, you know, Broadway, because, again, they're in Manhattan. And they sing about New York City, the, the city itself. And it's pretty cool. You know, some, some cool visual effects, I guess, uh, going on. The lyrics are kind of funny. But, yeah, you know, solid song. Yeah, good song, but not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So All right. You, you'd think we're going to go to another uh, country now, right, Eric? Or... No, because if you guys remember back in season two, every six episodes, they take a break from the usual show and they switch gears to the aftermath. And that's exactly what they did with this season two. Total Drama World War indeed has an aftermath show where it's once again hosted by Jeff. But first episode, which we're talking about right now, Aftermath, Bridget over Troubled Water. Bridget is replaced with Blainley, who you remember from Celebrity Manhunt. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the contestants that didn't compete this season remain as the peanut gallery. We got Trent, Justin, Beth, Katie, Sadie, Eva. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. funny, we mentioned during Celebrity Manhunt, they were pissed that they missed out on a chance to compete in another season. But when they briefly got introduced, they were like, oh no, we're done. Yeah, we'd rather <laughs> stay here and not be tortured by Chris. So it's kind of weird, but also funny how they quickly changed their minds. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You even have some cont- some people, not contestants anymore, like Trent and Justin, who were like millionaire playboy boy band members, and now they're just <laughs> chilling in a peanut gallery. 
you know, now that I think about it, I'm surprised Trent isn't in this season because he is technically a singer. Yeah, I think, that, honestly, if I if I could have chosen one more contestant to join, I think it would have been Trent. I think it would have been cool to uh, have him in this, in the fray, kind of wrap up his arc. But, you know, the but, writers didn't really want to, so fair enough. Yeah, so, as expected, since this is the first aftermath, the format remains the same. They interview, eliminate contestants, they talk about their history on the show, while also trying to stir up drama. Well, mm-hmm. mostly from Blainly. We also get some new segments, uh, such as segments exploring the whereabouts of Ezekiel and Duncan, who nobody has seen since Duncan quit and Ezekiel was eliminated. That's some funny stuff. And, and, and these segments serve as kind of parodies of like when people say, oh, Elvis is alive, and they have like Duncan dressed as Elvis. <laughs> um, and like, oh, Bigfoot sighting, like just funny things like that. So again, yeah. keeping you on your toes about where Duncan and Ezekiel are. So that's always fun because again, those are Ezekiel's kind of a fun character this season, and Duncan is one of the most iconic total drama characters of all time. So you know they're not done with him. Throughout the episode, Jeff is obviously trying to pretend that as if Bridget didn't exist because obviously <laughs> he's pissed off about what happened in episode four. Yeah, with uh, Alejandra, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and Bridget is humiliated from what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Cheating on your boyfriend on live TV and then getting freaking like tricked uh, by that guy. Not a good look. <laughs> Not a good look. And Blaine pretty much expresses all Jeff's sadistic nature from the first three aftermaths of season two. Yeah, yeah. So you remember Jeff was just in it at the aftermath show for the first two aftermath show appearances. He was just in it for the drama, for the ratings. Well, Blaine she does not hold back. She's totally okay with that and has no regrets. And she is eating up the Jeff and Bridget drama. <laughs> but before that, our man Harold got his moment to shine this episode. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that. He got to perform live on the show with the Drama Brothers, except for Cody, who's still competing. So they had Sasquatch and Nakra take his place. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but there was only so much Harold that they could take. So eventually Bridget does come out to, you know, face the music, literally, because she <laughs> sings a song about how sorry she is for cheating on Jeff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is actually the first episode now with more than one song. So that's kind of cool. So... Bridget sings this heartfelt uh, ballad to Jeff. They patch um, things up and Blaine Lee loses it. <laughs> yeah, because that's not good for the drama when people forgive each other. <laughs> it was also kind of funny how Eva was like a field reporter. Oh, that's right. When she's at Loch Ness because they like the Loch Ness monster photo of Duncan's mohawk in the lake. And she can't understand the Scottish guys, so she just kicks him in the balls and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> And then she does it again to a janitor who's trying to interview, like, the schoolgirls who are obsessing over the drama brothers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. That's bad. And if you're yeah, wondering what Beth, Katie, and Sadie do in this episode, they just fight about who the drama brothers love. That's pretty much their whole role for the show, too. <laughs> At least for World Tour. So, yeah. The songs, first we have Baby, which was sung by Harold and the drama brothers, minus Cody. Mm-hmm. Kind of a parody of your typical, like, boy band song. Which, you know, it's pretty cool because, again, a lot of the music in World Tour experiments with different genres, and I I think that's really cool. But no, we can agree that I'm Sorry just overshadows it. Yeah, it steals the show because no one really cares. I I hate to say it because I love Harold, but he doesn't really have a reason to be singing right now. Bridget's, like, big emotional ballad to Jeff. It's Yeah, it steals the show, definitely. It's a great song. Now that the aftermath is over, we can now move on to Episode 7. Back to the competition. Slap Slap Revolution, where their next stop 
is the owl. Yeah. So in this very mountainy, uh, high German challenge, the contestants have to make sausages and sled them down a mountain, followed by a challenge in which members of each team will be competing in a sort of dance dance revolution battle um, of slap dance and kind of like a... You know, I guess it's a kind of a German thing, like the, the slap body slapping dance. And, uh, of course, whoever uh, – it's literally a dance battle, and whoever has the last man standing or woman standing wins first class. And whoever loses all their members in the dance battle first is out and out of luck. <laughs> it's also noted that in this episode, Lindsay finally remembers Tyler. <laughs> yes. So Tyler was so excited that – when he yelled, it caused an avalanche, which abruptly ruined the song. <laughs> but he was just so over the moon. It only took Lindsay, what, seven episodes? <laughs> but she finally remembered her boyfriend. If you guys recall in the previous episode, not the aftermath, but, you know, the New York episode, Team Amazon won a meat grinder that you think will be useful for this episode. But no, Heather being Heather threw it out of the plane and didn't think it would eventually come in handy for a future challenge. Everybody is obviously pissed off at her. Yeah, and I should say, Team Amazon hasn't lost yet, but it, for most of the first half of the sh- season, it looks like Heather's get the obvious target if they ever lose. Like, everyone hates Heather. <laughs> so it's kind of just a matter of, oh, when we lose, you're gone. <laughs> it doesn't help that Sierra took some of the meat to make a meat sculpture of Cody. Yeah, that is also true. But at least they're dealing with better uh, than Team Chris in which Owen just eats all the meat. <laughs> he became a stuffed sausage, literally, and they had to ride him down the hill. <laughs> yep, because he Team technically Vi- was a sausage. Team Victory actually makes a proper sausage, but while DJ was shoveling the meat, a seagull gets caught in the grinder or something. Yeah, that was so gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they race down the mountain. I actually don't remember who wins. Do you remember who wins the, the race? I think it was Team Chris. That's right. I know Team Amazon gets last because Cody is gifted the penalty hose in. Oh, the- yeah. I remember that. Chris <laughs> was like, as we're coming in last place, somebody from the losing team has to wear the penalty later hose in. <laughs> okay, I'd do anything to not let Gwen see me in a German bikini. He whispers to Sierra, you know, those panties will look really hot on you. Pick me, pick me. Funny. I was going to let you wear them, but since you want to, Cody, here you go. No! (laughs) Man, the disrespect towards Cody this season. Yeah, I gotta say. uh, We're only at episode seven. Yeah, and it gets worse. It gets so much. Like, he's, he goes from, like, the suave, like, dork in season one to just the butt of his team. (laughs) It is so brutal. Doesn't help that he easily lost Alejandro during the slap challenge. Yeah, that is true. He got pulverized. Um, But in retaliation, Sierra easily defeated TJ. And soon the final four contestants, well, for this challenge, I should say, representing Team Victory was Lashana, representing Team Chris was Alejandro, and then it was just Heather and Sierra. And I should say, after the incident in the Yukon where Alejandro flirted with Bridget and got her eliminated, as of this episode, Alejandro's been trying the same strategy with Lashana. You know, Harold's not here to stop him. And obviously, they're not even really dating. Yeah, so he is uh, kind of trying to win her over. It's working, of course, because he's very charming. 
And Heather, in a little bit of a nice display, uh, maybe a reference to their friendship in action, kind of is like, hey, girl to girl, Lashana, watch out for this guy. He's a scuzzball. She offends Lashana because Lashana thinks Alejandro's golden intention. So she's just like, oh, you're just jealous. And it leads to a nasty slap fight between Heather and Lashana. Yeah, she literally jumped off the platform and slapped the living shit out of Heather, causing more of her teeth to fall out. Literally knocking out Heather's tooth. And of course, by jumping off the uh, beam, she loses her team the challenge. Alejandro, who witnessed this, purposely takes a fall. And by default, Team Amazon wins. Get used to hearing that. Yeah, I was going to say, I I, gotta, I love this season a lot, but there are a few times where it's like Team Amazon has plot armor. <laughs> uh, and this might be one of those times. All right. So for the elimination, much to everybody's shock, Lashana gets eliminated. I guess TJ and Lindsay weren't really thrilled with her kind of throwing the challenge in a way, quote unquote, throwing the challenge by fighting Heather instead of completing it. Right as she's about to jump, Alejandro comes, smirks at her, gives her kind of just a little bit of a... Uh, yeah, what are you going to do about it now, Lashana? I screwed you over. And bye-bye, Lashana. Again, much like Harold, this is a titan, somebody who's competed and made it far in two other seasons, now just gone, thanks to Alejandro. Very, very cunning that Alejandro is. Oh, yeah. So the song, I cannot pronounce this for the life of me. Oh, I think it's pronounced, hold on, I have it here somewhere, Ein Klein? Yeah, Ein, Ein Klein, I think. <laughs> Good enough for me. <laughs> you know, it's a nice, quiet song. I mean, there's really not much I can say about it. They were just soft singing because they can't sing loudly, otherwise they'll cause an avalanche. And like we mentioned before, Tyler causes it when he gets overexcited about Lindsay remembering him. Hmm, okay. Yeah, that, that is true. The song itself, the beat, is actually ripped straight from the classic Mozart piece, um, which is apparently called Ein Klein Nacht Music. I think that's a little night music. Yeah, so if you like that song, this is pretty much just the Total Drama characters whispering it <laughs> up to the uh, enthusiastic Tyler <laughs> scream. <laughs> you hear that, viewers? On this podcast, not only do you get to hear our thoughts and opinions, but you also learn something new. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you know? Episode 8, The Amazon Race. Yes. Am- ah! Amazon. Scary. Because the teams head to the Amazon rainforest in Brazil, where they are expected to find their way through the gigantic weaving jungle and dig up treasure at Machu Picchu. Last team to do this is sending someone home. Or, as Owen calls it, Monkey Picchu. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Owen. Oh, Owen, Owen, Owen. So, Gwen inadvertently cursed the team because she thought... Oh, we're Team Amazon, and we're going in the Amazon. That means we're going to be lucky. <laughs> and I like immediately, everyone's like, why did you just say that? <laughs> and what do you know? It it actually happened, because they were the only team to take the wrong path, and they get kidnapped by Zing Zings, who Chris told them to not make eye contact with. Yeah, Chris said it was like some untouched tribe in the forest. Which I gotta say, though, we shouldn't be that surprised, considering DJ's curse. We know that curses are definitely a real thing in the Total Drama universe. <laughs> Speaking of DJ, Team Victory actually prevails this challenge. Even though it's just him and Lindsay, they complete this challenge effortlessly. Mm-hmm. They even win, like, I don't know, a week's supply of bananas or something. Yeah, they glut themselves in bananas. They have a great time, DJ and Lindsay. And it's, again, these are two pretty great characters, so it's nice seeing them like interact with each other. Lindsay like, calming him, DJ down about his curse, that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, because they were eating bananas, 
it attracted a horror monkeys, which DJ was swatting away thinking they were flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that's a good scene. Meanwhile, uh that same night, as Team Amazon's dealing with the Zing Zings, Team Victory's dealing with the monkeys, Owen gets kidnapped <laughs> by a giant insect, and Alejandro convinces the rest of the team to go on without him. But much to his dismay, Chris won't allow them to complete the next challenge unless, you know, they have every team member. So Alejandro volunteers to go find Owen. Owen's a little bit suspicious because he saw Alejandro well, he witnessed Alejandro witness him get kidnapped. But Alejandro plays the innocent man saying like, oh, I tried to convince everybody to go after you, but they decided to leave you. I'm your only true friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Owen, are you really going to believe this guy over your best friend, a.k.a. Noah? Yeah, or... I know. So sad. Also, I love the scene where Team Chris is going down the zip line. And obviously, since Alejandro Oak was the only one that had the T-bar, Owen tried going down there without the T-bar, and he ended up getting a rope burn. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the hanging on thingy thing, Coulter? You know, the holding on triangle thing. (laughs) That's Tyler's attempt to describe him what a T-bar is. Obviously, Alejandro didn't get the T-bar, so he tried using his pants, which inevitably caught on fire. <laughs> Thus falling to the pool of piranhas. God, Tyler's karma. Yeah, really. <laughs> Poor Tyler. Yes, but but as uh, as Eric said, um, Team Victory, for once, actually claims victory in this challenge. They're the first to get the treasure. Team Chris barely manages to get them themselves uh, before... The entirety of Machu Picchu uh, collapses. <laughs> Courtesy of Owen. <laughs> of course. Um, and as a result of kind of wasting so much time, uh, Team Amazon actually loses. Shockingly. So they all cast their votes and head to the elimination area. Well, it's also noted that the Zing Zings viewed Heather as a god. Oh, yes. Yes. And they gave, and they gave her a gold tooth to compensate over the lawsuit she had last episode. Yep. And of course, she takes her sweet time with untying the others. <laughs> um, but it turns out the Zing Zings aren't real. They're just actors for a movie or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, uh, Team Amazon loses. They get ready to go and cast their votes. They go to the elimination area, only for Chris to make the dramatic revelation that this is a reward challenge. And yet he still shows everyone their confessionals to, you know, boost the drama a little bit. And we Ooh. learned some things. Heather would have gotten eliminated if it wasn't a mock elimination. So Heather's like, oh, crap, I have to do better. And Sierra learns that Cody has been casting votes for her every single challenge, or at least at least this time, every when they lost. And she is not happy about that. Cody, being the stereotypical nerd, has a lot of allergies. But when Gwen accidentally EpiPen herself, long story, <laughs> they didn't have another EpiPen to cure Cody, so... Sierra has sucked the venom out of his thumb, which wasn't pretty. Oh, no, it was not. And despite all that, Cody still finds Sierra way too creepy and votes for her, which, again, Sierra is very, very, like, heartbroken over this. Which transitions to the next episode. But before that, we have to talk about the song, which was Gypsy Rap. Yeah, this Uh, song's, like, okay. It's it's kind of stylized, like, a little bit of, like, a, a Peruvian kind of little beat. Then there's a rap part. It's, like... Like, I always just thought it was, like, kind of eh. Yeah, nothing too special. It's just your Brazilian rap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Episode 9, Can't Help Falling in Levere. 
I hope I pronounced that right. Oh, oh, can't help falling in Louvre, like the museum. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> no problem, my friend. If you didn't give it away, the next stop is Paris. And the challenge, at least for most of it, is uh, inside the Louvre, the, the big museum in Paris with the Mona Lisa and all that stuff. The teams each have to assemble a famous statue. Last team to do so is sending someone home. But, of course, the statue has been broken into multiple pieces, hidden around the museum, guarded by lasers, Sasquatch and Aqua, <laughs> an angry, vengeful seal from the Yukon, all kinds of threats. Needless to say, there was definitely a lot of drama in this episode, mostly from Team Amazon, because Sierra kept on blowing her eyes out throughout the episode, to the point where Heather, Gwen, and Courtney were like, Cody, this is your problem, you fix it. <laughs> yeah, fix the mistake you made. So Cody has to try to appease Sierra. Team Chris is up to their usual shenanigans, while Team Victory, DJ finds an Egyptian exhibit with the dog statue that looks just like the one he broke in Egypt, and he figures he can kind of undo his curse with it leaving Lindsay to pretty much do the entire challenge by herself. And according to DJ's thought process, he thought he can go from Paris all the way back to Egypt in one night. I guess the breaking the curse meant more to him than the million dollars. <laughs> I forgot who won the challenge. I believe it was Team Amazon? Yeah, I think it was Team Amazon. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. Team Amazon. Even though they were very dysfunctional, courtesy of Cody and Sierra not doing anything, they still won the challenge. Cody eventually got Sierra to forgive him. They made up. They went outside for a nice dinner under the Eiffel Tower. I also yeah. love how the bear can sympathize with Sierra because he knows exactly what it's like to have your heart broken. <laughs> yeah, the picture of him and his girlfriend. <laughs> but because of DJ shenanigans, he accidentally destroys Team Victory's statue. So, and because there's only two contestants left, they have to go through a tiebreaker. Yeah, this is the only time, I think, in Total Drama history where a team has only had two members left and then had to do an elimination ceremony. I just remembered a funny scene during Team Chris's when they were constructing the friggin' sculpture. Whoa, yeah? Tyler was like, put the round piece over the middle thing, then then turn the straight thingy forward. No, wait, under, <laughs> over. And Noah was like, those aren't even words. <laughs> I also like when Noah pretends to throw the tennis ball for Sasquatch and Aqua. This works on my dog at home. Hey, boy, you see the ball? Go get it! Sasquatch and Aqua just gets that on all fours, runs out. Oh. Yeah, you mentioned what they had to do in the tiebreaker, right? Oh, no, I had not. So, again, they can't cast votes because, again, obviously it would just be a tie. DJ would vote for Lindsay, Lindsay would vote for DJ. So, instead, Chris decides to host a fashion show with one member from Team Chris, one member from Team Amazon, and him as the three judges and have Lindsay and DJ each design a fashion product. Because again, this is Paris, the fashion capital of the world. And so they each pick a model. And DJ obviously hates his curse, wants to be eliminated more than anything. So he picks the worst model he can think of, which is Gwen. <laughs> and Lindsay picks her darling boyfriend, Tyler, and actually tries really hard to make a great outfit design. DJ doesn't try at all, literally just puts his shirt on Gwen. <laughs> obviously, Lindsay and Tyler's fashion sucked. <laughs> yeah so dj thought oh shit if Lindsay's bad mine must be terrible <laughs> or so he thought even though gwen was a horrible model they love dj's shirt <laughs> yeah and by default Lindsay is eliminated and dj is still in the game much to his dismay a team of one and yes Lin poor Lindsay tries her best but it doesn't work out she has to jump out 
And Tyler's not happy about that either, you can imagine. Looking back, I'm actually surprised Tyler outranked Lindsay this season. Then again, Tyler hasn't gotten that much screen time since Phobia Factor, like you said, so it's yeah. nice to change things up. And again, this season does throw out a lot of heavy hitters again. Harold, Lashana, now Lindsay. This is kind of crazy. Duncan quit in the first episode. I mean, obviously, we know what happens with him, but the viewers may have not. But before that, time to talk about the song. Paris in the springtime. It's basically Sierra talking about how upset she is about Cody bowing her off. And yeah, kind of annoyed with the song. Yeah, it's not really a song. It's kind of just her ranting to music. Like, there's some parts that are in key and whatnot, but it's funny enough. It's just not really that good of a song. So yeah, not a big fan of this song. It's like you said, Matt, it's just a rant. Yeah. In a season with so many other better songs, it's kind of forgettable. But you gotta give credit to my man Cody. He took his stone head to the face and still kept going. And of course, that inspires me. It reminds me of one of the best lines in this whole episode. I don't remember who it was, but they're building the statues and someone's like, oh, Chef, you remember to chop off the models, right? Not the actual statues. And Chef gets this look of pure dread and he just sprints away. <laughs> you do realize that this is on national TV. No, sorry, international TV. <laughs> Yes, and Chef has just basically confessed to destroying three of the oldest, most classic, most valuable pieces of artwork in human history. <laughs> so, if the law enforcement was as smart as they should be, they should arrest Chef. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, um, you know, society says nay to that, because we have to move on to the next episode. Noof Kids on the Rock. Mm -hmm. So the gang heads back to Canada, specifically into the island of Newfoundland, although they, they don't really spend too much time on the island, mostly the sea right by it, where uh, they have to row boats to the mainland, and the first two teams to get there have to compete in kind of this tiebreaker challenge, which is many legs, including drinking vinegar, understanding a local, <laughs> and kissing a cod. Which, fun fact, kissing a cod is apparently a real Newfoundland tradition. I didn't know that. Really? It's like, a, it's like a thing they do at, like, ceremonies and stuff. It's like a fun fact for you. If you're from Newfoundland and you're listening to this, you can maybe back us up. And because DJ is the only member of Team Victory, Heather tries to get into alliance with him, and Alejandro tries to do the same thing. <laughs> Naturally, DJ doesn't want to be involved in any alliance. He just wants to go home. But it's kind of hard because since he's literally a team of one, he gets all these special accommodations. Like, he gets a, a freaking motor for his boat. I'm thinking about the scene where after the plane lands in the middle of the ocean, DJ falls out of the plane and he lands on a freaking killer whale. <laughs> Forgot about that. That's very funny. Mr. Whale, get away. You're not supposed to go near me. And he accidentally shoves the freaking cushion from the from economy into this blowhole. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry, the killer whale survives. Of course, he's fine. So yeah, if it wasn't obvious already, Heather was more focused on trying to form an alliance with DJ rather than help out her team. Speaking of which, while singing, Gwen swears that she saw Duncan from a far distance. Yeah, and so Team Amazon actually ends up taking a detour. They abandon the challenge for a little while because Courtney wants to see Duncan too. And they head off to like this rocky little island where they think they see him. Or when Gwen thought they see him. So Team Chris and Team Victory, or should I say, just DJ. <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant to call Team Victory now when you're just a team of one. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. DJ. So Team Chris and DJ have to complete the rest of the challenges. Like you said, Matt, first they have to drink vinegar. 
then they have to recite a muggle phrase by Chris's cousin, yeah, Jared McLean. Who speaks uh, in a very thick uh, Newfoundland accent. I, I don't know about you, but I lost my <laughs> shit when I saw Chris's cousin. I was like, yeah. oh my oh my god. It's like Honestly. a mini bearded Chris. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, literally. And then, like you said, Kiss the Cod. Owen and Izzy performed the Vinegar Challenge. Alejandro <laughs> and Noah had to perform the Phrase Challenge, while Tyler has to kiss the Cod. And DJ obviously had to perform all three challenges. Alejandro convinces DJ to kiss the Cod as if, oh, that can help you cure your curse, while also convincing Tyler to kiss the Cod as if he was kissing Lindsay. <laughs> and in the end, both of Alejandro's efforts work. Because Tyler and DJ both kissed the cards at the same exact time, actually tying the game. So, as a result, both DJ and Team Chris win a trip to first class. Mm-hmm. While also enjoying a nice fish chowder dinner. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Meanwhile, Team Amazon, who wasted their time looking for Duncan, as it turns out, he's not there. It's just some rocks. They're kind of out of luck because they just lost. But luckily... It is a non-elimination round. The song, Sea Shanty Mix. It's not yeah. bad of a song, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's pretty catchy. It, as it sounds, it's kind of stylized like a sea shanty. This is a unique in that DJ tries to take advantage of the rule of getting kicked out if he doesn't sing. So he tries not to sing, and then eventually he gets roped into it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a pretty catchy song. I, I think it's a pretty nice tune. Not one of my favorites, but still catchy yeah. to an degree. I, I, I think I agree with that. Next episode, Jamaica Me Sweat. Oh gosh, what an episode this is. <laughs> so, as a result of blowing off the money which they need for fuel, the toll drama plane crashes in Jamaica, so they're forced to improvise. <laughs> yep. And so, the teams do some kind of uh, Jamaican-themed challenges, including a cliff dive to cut, collect a treasure at the bottom of, the, of a little lagoon, then a bobsled of death, which they have to send t- two team members down at a time. Obviously, DJ just goes once, uh, or goes multiple times. And whoever gets the best time wins, worst time loses. Speaking of DJ, ever since he kissed that card in Newfoundland, he's convinced that his curse is broken. Mm-hmm. He even keeps the card as a good luck charm uh, in, in a little bowl and names it Irene. <laughs> and, you know, obviously DJ is happy, and Alejandro is also happy because it turns out that was all bullshit. <laughs> Alejandro painted the Egyptian symbol on the card just to boost DJ's self-esteem. So that way he can gain his trust and then eventually foil him, you know? Yeah, and Alejandro actually even tries when they're in first class together to get Chris to invite DJ onto his team because he's a team of one. Chris says, no dice, DJ will be a team of one <laughs> from now on. <laughs> and so Alejandro's kind of not happy about that. But... DJ seems still gullible enough to fall for it, so. Oh, there's one thing we have to address in this episode. Even though Owen and Izzy have a pretty strong relationship, Owen starts to feel regret because this relationship is very hazardous to him, (laughs) as much as he hates to admit it. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about Izzy much this season, but she is as crazy as ever, and it's especially in the case of this episode, it it is hazardous to Owen's health. So Owen tries making multiple attempts to talk to Izzy, or at least try to break up with her, but Izzy, being Izzy, thinks it's all a big joke. The two end up falling out of the plane. Owen somehow survives, but not before getting crushed by the plane itself. (laughs) Yeah, Owen and Izzy get freaking crushed by the jumbo jet. 
astonishingly they're okay they are they're taken to uh, the, the a little medical tent with minor injuries um izzy is unconscious and owen is just like you know mildly injured but they are excused from the first challenge shortly joining them was gwen who got electrocuted by eels during the cliff dive challenge mm-hmm. i also love how during that challenge tyler kept on grabbing everything that wasn't treasure <laughs> yeah like a grandfather clock <laughs> Yeah, that's a funny scene. Uh, will we be able to take off while I'm still young? Noah just turns to Tyler. I don't know. Did we land in the 70s? <laughs> and then Chris just knocks him off. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene. So eventually, Izzy does wake up, and that crash actually increased her intelligence. Yep, as we've come to associate with Izzy by now, she now thinks she has another personality, and in this case, Brainzilla, an uber genius, like really crazy mathematical expert who is talking to Owen about time travel and like multi-dimensional exploration, writing just random calculations on the walls. And Owen has no idea what's going on. But then Izzy, you know, obviously says, oh, I'm too smart for you now, Owen. We have to break up. But not before the U.S. Army airdrops <laughs> into the show to take Izzy because she's so smart that she's now a national security hazard and they want to have her with them. Oh my god. <laughs> like, that was crazy. <laughs> that was insane. So Izzy breaks up with Owen and then is then medically evacuated from the show, leaving Owen crushed both because Izzy broke up with him and Izzy is now gone. We'll talk about that once we eventually get to the song. Yeah, yeah. So um, during the bobsleigh challenge, DJ actually performs really well. He gets the fastest time during the first run, then he breaks his own personal record. But during the third run, Alejandro slams one of the pieces of wood, thus turning into a mini ramp. And then before that, he openly tells Tyler that he painted the Egyptian symbol on the cod, thus ruining DJ's self-esteem. So as soon as he puts the cod off the longboard, every freaking animal that he came across was miraculously on the ramp. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and the ice on the cake, that broken ramp that Alejandro made, caused DJ to go off track, thus losing immediately. Yeah. And as he has lost, there, there can't be an elimination ceremony because there's no one to vote for. There's only one member of Team Victory. And DJ lost the challenge, so he lost the show. He's out. Bro, it's insane how an entire team is eliminated before <laughs> the merge. Not only that, but... In the span that an entire team got eliminated, only one member of either of the other two teams got eliminated. And it was like five minutes earlier because Izzy got evacuated. Like, that's kind of nuts, too. (laughs) So Alejandro enjoys a sweet victory at first class with his team, knowing that he just single-handedly, well, almost single-handedly destroyed an entire team. Yeah, man, think about that. Lindsay's the only person on that whole team, and I guess Ezekiel, that he's not responsible for. For ruining. That's nuts. Now for the song, Oh My Izzy. I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs in the whole show. Just because the combination of like the Jamaican steel drum beat and like, again, Owen's like one of the best characters in the show. And it's so sad that he's like saying goodbye to a relationship that he's had since season one, pretty much. And of course, it's all in his stupid little crayon drawing animation that appeared in Island and Action. It's just so sad. Owen was talking about how he wants to break up with Izzy, but he immediately regrets it. Yeah. I honestly almost teared up while watching this because, you know, 
Owen and Izzy. They're one of my favorite couples. Yeah, and again, they've been going strong since season one. So it's so crazy that it's over just like that. And Owen is so sad. At least Gwen was there to cheer him up. True. That's that, that's true, too. Even though the two haven't really interacted much since the season one finale, they're still in good terms. Yeah, you can tell that that chemistry is still there, that, that, that friendship, and that's cool. All right, so now, since this is episode 12, we move on to the next Aftermath show, Revenge of the Telethon. Even though the challenge is over, the team is still stranded in Jamaica, so decide to host a telethon to raise enough money so they can buy fuel and get the show going. They have the peanut gallery, gain donations, Bridget is back as the co-host. Yeah, but unfortunately, Blainley is still sticking around. <laughs> Just to cause more drama, because apparently she couldn't get her job back as Celebrity Manhunt. <laughs> also, I think this is the Aftermath show where we get to interview the most contestants, because there was a, instead of the usual two or three, we have four that get interviewed today. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's um, Lashana, Lindsay, DJ, and Izzy. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, excuse me, Brainzilla. Yeah, that's important to notice. But as is par for the course for Izzy's personalities, Brainzilla goes away in this episode after a freak accident on set converts her back to Izzy. Obviously, the main focus of the episode was raising money so they can, you know, keep the show going. But the most drama aspect to come out of this episode was DJ's curse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because Blainly thought it would be a great idea. Callers, donate this amount of money if you want to see DJ pet one of these animals. And then as soon as she let out all the animals, they, they fucking go on a riot. <laughs> it is a massacre on stage with everybody getting attacked by monkeys, goats. Got about, yeah, that's a great scene. And then after the commercial break, everyone's like screwed up, like attacked. They literally just a giant riot on set. On the plus side, it did cause a lot of donations, but they had it use some of their donations to fix the set <laughs> yeah Lindsay and lashana they were just kind of there i mean Lindsay was mostly there yeah lashana at least had her little song very cringy song but <laughs> we'll get to that later <laughs> but thankfully brain was there to help raise them a lot of donations oh yes that's right because everybody wanted to hear her answer the tricky questions <laughs> so while spinning her on a roulette wheel izzy crashes and goes back to normal well normal in izzy's terms <laughs> yeah back to izzy we'll say but this was a shitty time for that to happen because the peanut gallery including the eliminated contestants and jeff and bridget were all tied up near a freaking atomic bomb and brainzilla had to defuse it in order to save them <laughs> and what and what does izzy plan to do about it oh it's making a ticking sound let's just smash it with a hammer <laughs> Like, oh gosh cause another explosion to the set but people were so amazed by it that they actually made their goal one ten million dollars and one cent yeah so with that said despite all the explosions and destruction the telethon was a success yeah the telethon went well they they do actually fund the money so that the plane can take off and get the gas it needs and uh, they are able to leave Jamaica and continue the show. Just like the last Aftermath, we have two songs, Save the Show and Sisters. Save the Show, I liked. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought it was nice. Yeah, nice little song just to provoke people to, you know, donate. But Sisters, oh my god, it was so cringy, man. Yeah, this is like Baby for me with Harold, where it's like just kind of one of those forgettable songs in the Aftermath show that gets overshadowed by a better <laughs> one that same episode. Or in this case, the first song completely overshadowed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not missing much with songs in this episode. 
episode 13, I See London. I See London, yes. So as the title suggests, we are now in London. This is a very unique challenge as right off the gate, the teams are tasked with solving the uh, reappearance, I should say, of Jack the Ripper, the infamous British serial killer from the 1800s, who has literally started just taking members of the teams. And Team Amazon and Team Chris have to race against the clock to see who the Ripper is. It's also noted that even though Team Chris won the challenge, they weren't allowed to stay in first class because Chris and Chef needed it for a special guest. Yeah. Alejandro tried to eavesdrop, and then he instantly became the Ripper's first victim. <laughs> That's what he gets. So it's interesting. Team Chris has to kind of go without their de facto leader. And so Noah ends up stepping up to bat as the pretty much second smartest person on the team. Where he reveals that, big surprise, he doesn't trust Alejandro, or as he likes to call him, an eel dipped in grease. <laughs> yeah, so Noah's pretty much able to see right through Alejandro's tactics. One of the few members of the show, alongside maybe Heather, who can see through Alejandro. Oh yeah, better yet. He was like, he's like Heather, only with social skills. <laughs> yep. Owen, of course, loves his buddy Al, so he doesn't want to believe it, um, but... So, for the first challenge, they have to find a clue by stripping a guard, which actually corresponds to the song, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> Obviously, Team Amazon is very uncomfortable with this because most of the team members are female, but not as awkward as Team Chris, which is, you know, now a full guy team. So imagine them having to strip a dude. <laughs> yeah, I also love how during the song... Noah and Owen kept on playing rock, paper, scissors. They kept on drawing. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. Tyler, you have to strip him. <laughs> we just make Tyler do it, yeah. And Tyler made it more difficult than he needed to be because he was, like, stripping him with his freaking teeth. Come on, <laughs> Tyler. Get a move on. I'm trying! You try stripping a dude's pantyhose with your teeth. Uh, dude, no one said you had to use your teeth. Oh. <laughs> and I love how Team Amazon tricked Sierra into stripping the guy like, put a picture of Cody in front of the guy's face to make it look like Sierra was stripping Cody. <laughs> yeah, which is, again, kind of ridiculous because Cody was standing right next to her, but, like, whatever. <laughs> you gotta just make some mental jumps sometimes yeah. with Sierra. Sadly, Cody and Sierra were the next victims of Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tyler is not too far behind them after the next challenge is stretching a member of the team on the rack. Which actually leads to some funny moments, like Tyler's screaming, and I was like, dude, we haven't started yet. Yeah, he eventually gets captured because Noah and Owen, being the assholes that they are, left him behind. Hey, Noah, you want to know something funny? We forgot Tyler. How was that funny? <laughs> Sorry, dude, you were so good at being quiet. <gasps> Tyler! <laughs> Heather gets kidnapped next, so literally, the challenge now falls on to Gwen and Courtney, in which we recall... Didn't get along at first, mm -hmm. but here in this episode, they're actually playing off each other nicely. Yeah, you can see they're starting to develop kind of a, a friendship-esque thing. Eventually, Owen and Noah find Jack the Ripper and trap him on the bus. Mm -hmm. In which case, they're able to overwhelm him. Thanks um, to Owen's fumes. <laughs> yeah, of course, I was going to say Owen's farts. Gwen and Courtney end up actually taking a clue a different way, and they get kind of off track. But they do find something that they think would be worth Chris's time. So, during the results, it turns out that Jack the Ripper isn't really Jack the Ripper, but rather a green-skinned Ezekiel who has actually been a stowaway on the plane since his elimination. 
Yeah, and you can tell with all those weeks hanging out below deck, he's gotten very sickly looking, feral. He no longer seems capable of speaking. Not looking good for poor Ezekiel. Chris made a deal with him off screen that, hey, if you kidnap all the contestants, I'll let you back in the game. Obviously, Zeke was captured, so another quote-unquote elimination for him, which sadly doesn't work, because he once again stowaways. Yep. Meanwhile, Owen and Noah present, you know, they've presented the Ripper, but Courtney and Gwen show Chris something he thought he would never see again, which is Duncan. That's right. Courtney and Gwen had stumbled upon a sort of British punk rock band concert and in the crowd, or actually on stage in the band, was Duncan. And so they bring him to Chris. (laughs) Now, even though Duncan clearly stayed in the first episode, Duncan's don't sing. He's actually been doing a lot of singing off screen. So Chris, without hesitation, brings him back in the game as a new member for Team Chris. (laughs) Let's be honest, Matt. We knew Duncan was coming back. Oh yeah, come on. You don't have a character as big as Duncan quit in five minutes and never show up again. But unfortunately for Owen and Noah, despite the fact that they caught the Ripper, Chris decides that they have officially lost the challenge and they have to send someone packing. And Alejandro, who overheard everything Noah said, convinces his team, except for Owen, to eliminate Noah. So sadly, Noah's eliminated. Yeah, very sad. Again, this is Noah's first good season and I really do love him a lot. But again, you know, he could not play the game against Alejandro. He's outwitted. And he warns Owen, and he takes the jump. But something extremely shocking happens at the end. Gwen and Duncan, they're in the confessional, and they share a kiss. Mic drop moment. (laughs) But not before getting spotted by Tyler. Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah, this is a huge moment. One of the most infamous or famous, depending on how you view it, moments in the entire series in which all of Courtney's, you know, worries last season are completely proven. All of Trent's worries are completely proven. It turns out Gwen and Duncan are interested in each other, and they share a kiss, even though moments earlier, Courtney had hugged Duncan and said, oh, I'm so happy you're back. But oh no, trouble is now brewing. But before that, of course, we have to talk about the song. Oh yeah. uh, Changing Guard Mix. Yes, the Changing Guard Mix. It's pretty nice. I, I like the uh, instrumentals in the background. I, I think are supposed to be a Beatles reference because we're in Britain. And I like that. I dig it. I, I like hearing characters who don't really get to sing as much like Noah and Owen. You know, it's it's pretty good. I, I like it. I think it's a pretty solid song. What about you, Eric? It's all right. I mostly enjoyed the scene where Owen tries to feed the guard the friggin' fish candy all the way from Japan. <laughs> yes. Yum, yum, like happy go time fish. Don't kill him, you clown. And it's funny because that feels like a million years ago by this point. (laughs) All right. Episode 14. Greece's Pieces. So the teams are heading to Greece to compete in the Olympics. They are, you know, the birthplace of Olympics. Even though Chris thinks it's Rome, he is immediately proven wrong by the other contestants. And Sally, he lost one of his interns while changing course. He was like, everybody hold on to something except you. (laughs) So yeah, pretty straightforward. Three Olympic challenges. Um, Two contestants have to beat a boar bear and and claim a prize. Then there is sort of an old-style wrestling match, followed by hurdle jumping. And, spoiler alert, if this ever ties, we have a kind of Icarus-themed challenge where two contestants have to flap fake wings and claim a medal from a crane. Gwen and Duncan do the boar challenge, which, you know, causes a lot of awkwardness given what happened last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Courtney's especially not really trusting, even though she is warming up to Gwen. She has her doubts. 
and Tyler can't keep a secret. The guild <clears throat> is literally eating him during this episode, and Alejandro takes advantage of this, obviously. Oh, yeah, he, he notices. <laughs> yeah, during the wrestling match, Cody easily gets taken out by Owen, but <laughs> even though it looked like Courtney and Sierra, even though it looked like Team Amazon was going to win, Courtney kept on assaulting Cody, and Sierra immediately turned her attention on her. <laughs> That's the best. And then when Owen like walks over and like puts a foot on their backs triumphantly. Like, my God. Everybody kept on shitting on Cody during this episode. I felt bad. First, Alejandro was like, there's no way us male athletes will lose to a team with no men. <laughs> um, team Chris is really, really, really hot. It's down a man. And Team Amazon is an all-girl team. God, the disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro and Heather compete in the hurdles, which, you know, thanks to Alejandro gloating, Heather gets the upper hand, thus provoking the tiebreaker. Well, before that, Gwen wins the board challenge, and then Heather won the turtle challenge. I think that's how it went. I think you're right. Yeah. And so by this point, it's kind of tied up. It's also known that Duncan actually has to sing his lines throughout this episode. Yeah, Chris is not happy with how much singing he missed, and so he makes him sing every line under penalty of getting whipped by Chef. Ooh, a towel. I'm so scared. You should be. Ow. Ooh, you really should have sang that out, bro. Ow. <laughs> Much better. Cody lands on the boar bear. <laughs> Way to help me, Dorcas. Ow. Sing it! <laughs> yeah, so, for this tiebreaker... Tyler and Cody each put on their pairs of wings, but right as the starting gun is about to go off, Alejandro tells Tyler to reveal his secret, which earlier in the episode, Tyler really wanted to do a challenge, and Alejandro said, fine, you can do it, but you owe me one. And so Alejandro says, all right, I'd like my side of the bargain. Tell me what you know. And Tyler reveals to everyone Gwen and Duncan kissed in London. And everyone is obviously quite shocked. Cody is very upset because <laughs> he wanted to kiss Gwen. Courtney is furious, you know, and the other contestants are just kind of like, what? Like taking it back. Obviously, Courtney is so pissed off that she's going to make damn sure that Gwen is eliminated. But thankfully, my man Cody comes to the rescue, even though Courtney and Sierra ordered him to stay put. Cody flew away, saving Gwen from elimination. He grabs the medal, and Team Amazon wins. Like, how poetic is it that Cody, the character everybody kept on shitting on, actually won the challenge for them? Yeah, and the stakes were high. Courtney actually wanted to throw the challenge because of how mad she was, but Cody managed to save the day, and Team Chris was heading to the elimination area. And on top of that, I can't forget about this moment. Cody knocked out Duncan with one punch that was fucking insane yeah he was so hurt that duncan kissed gwen the love of his life that when duncan kind of jeeringly ran up to him cody just punched him and wiped him out <laughs> damn how does it feel duncan you got knocked out by two nerds <laughs> truth so during the elimination ceremony it's pretty obvious that based on the confessionals everybody was going for duncan yeah no one trusts him because of what he did to courtney but in a twist, Chris, he just straight up ignores the vote and just eliminates one of his interns. Yeah. He was like, he was like yeah, as if I'm going to send Duncan home right when the show's getting good. <laughs> yeah, why miss out on all that drama? So Duncan gets to stay. And of course, Duncan's not happy that all of his teammates just tried to vote him off. 
So, uh, yeah, interesting little juiciness coming. The song Greek Mix. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's it's uh, Gwen and Duncan singing about, uh, it's like a Mediterranean beat. They're singing about how they're nervous and anxious and whatever. They don't want anyone to find out. And yeah, it's a pretty good song. I like, and I like how the statues of Courtney and Tyler like <laughs> are there. I was about to ask, is it possible that they're part Greek? <laughs> I guess they are. Maybe all you total drama fans out there will find out for us. <laughs> yep. All right, so episode 15, the EX Files, or X Files. I, I think, think it's X, the X. I supposed to be like a joke for X, like ex-girlfriend files. Oh, yeah. Because Duncan and Courtney are exes now. That makes sense. Their next stop is Area 51. <laughs> so the teams are tasked with the quite close to impossible task of breaking into the most elite military base in the world and uh, stealing an alien artifact from Area 51. It has to be an intact one. Then bringing it to Chris. And first team to do that wins. Last team to do it loses. Pretty straightforward. Tensions are definitely high with Team Amazon because everybody, except for Cody, is pissed off at Gwen. Yeah, they're they're not happy. Cody is her only defender. And Alejandro, who once again is using his charms, convinces Courtney to flirt with Tyler as a means of getting Duncan jealous. <laughs> Forgot about that. That's a very that's funny. Of course it doesn't work because A Courtney hates Tyler for some reason, and B, Tyler is very devoted to Lindsay, <laughs> as he should be. Even though Lindsay was attracted to other men, Tyler didn't care. What a Chad. While trying to break in to Area 51, Team Amazon gets stuck in a minefield, and Team Chris loses Owen to a giant tube that sucks him into the uh, building. Both are dealing with their own challenges. Thankfully, Cody sacrificed some of his candy that he won all the way from the New York Challenge, thus getting them safely away from the minefield. Man, he really knows how to ration his candy. <laughs> I love the scene where, as soon as they find the alien artifact, the two aliens come out and they stab Tyler and Alejandro. <laughs> that yep. brief E.T. parody gets me. <laughs> yeah, he holds out his hands like a beautiful moment and just immediately starts beating them up. Oh, aliens! Don't probe me, bro! <laughs> Duncan eventually rejoins the group, only to see that Tyler and Alejandro are sucking faces with the aliens. Take that out of context, if you will. <laughs> Duncan agrees to help out Alejandro if he joins him on the boat to get rid of Tyler. Because, you know, Duncan is still pissed off at Tyler for what happened. <laughs> can imagine. But, oh, I, I can't forget about this one scene. Owen eventually rejoins the group, and he thinks his memory got rewived. But in reality, they just painted his face to make him look like the Joker. You remember that? <laughs> I do. That's a good scene. And of course, everyone has a good laugh about that. <laughs> oh no, the aliens. They wiped my memory and styled my hair and did your makeup. I don't think they stole your memory, Owen. Oh, but they did, Tyler. I don't even remember your name or Al's name or Chris's name or the toll drama plane or mom's cheese seller back home or any of that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, hey, Al, how are you doing? Al, 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 three, two, one, and revenge. <laughs> Alejandro, courtesy of his uncle, who's a hypnotist, hypnotizes Owen into singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game while giving himself a wedgie. <clears throat> That's right. Despite the very scatterbrained, unhappy, angry, angsty personality of Team Amazon right now, they actually do manage to get their stuff together to win this challenge, um, in large part thanks to Team Chris totally blowing it, 
when Tyler stepped on a mine, blowing up the alien in a box that he was carrying. Why is the purple meatball playing the piano? It's also noted that Courtney was once again trying to throw the challenge. She destroyed the artifact that Heather found, Sierra, who she and Cody found a cloning pod. She hugged the clone Cody to death. <laughs> but thankfully, Gwen was able to find an alien artifact intact, even though Courtney purposely tripped Gwen while venturing back to the plane. It conveniently landed in Chris's hand. So yeah, that's another victory for Team Amazon. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you, Courtney was okay during the season, but ever since the whole kiss reveal, that's why I started to hate Courtney again, because, my god, like, can't you just get over it? She's once again acting like a baby, <laughs> much like in season two, as she was acting like a spoiled brat baby, like, I want my prize, give me my prize. Now it's just, wah, wah. <laughs> I want Gwen gone, I want Gwen gone. <laughs> Like, I get it. It would obviously suck to have, you know, your boyfriend cheat on you if, if you were Courtney. But, like, you gotta it's throw like, the whole challenge. Like, you gotta be, like, this petty. I don't know. Not to mention, you're making yourself an easy target for someone to take advantage of you. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But either way, uh, Team Amazon's victorious this time. And Team Chris casts their votes. Alejandro actually does keep his word to Duncan. And the unfortunate jumpy is Tyler for his part in clumsily ruining their chances at winning. So sad, but hey, at least Tyler got a good run. He had a great run this season. He made it a lot further than he did the first time. So good on Tyler. You know, now that I think about it, I mean, I love the fact that no one Tyler came back, but why didn't they make the merge? You know what? It's very interesting that you say that. Uh, Out of all the characters that they bring back from season one, Ezekiel, Noah, Tyler, and Cody, Cody's the only one who really greatly improves his placement. All the other guys are just still pre-merge boots. I mean, they did that with Justin and Beth. They didn't make the merge in the first season. And then they made it really far. You'd think all four of them would be given the same treatment, but no, only one of them does. It's interesting, but I mean, I guess to be fair as well, um, this season also has two new characters, both of who are taking up important spots, and they both make it past merge, so I guess with, between that balancing. But it does suck, because Noah and Tyler are great characters, I think, and, and they could have made it further, and again, they never really come back. Noah does, but that's another story. Yeah. Oh yeah, the song, yeah, I don't like it. It's just them shitting on Gwen, which <laughs> I, I get it. You're all pissed off at Gwen, but did you have to waste a whole musical number about that? Yeah, Boyfriend Kisser, the, the, it's like a rock beat. Uh, it's like, you know, it's okay. This is one of the more, more uh, well-known songs in this season, actually, funnily enough. But yeah, again, in terms of content, it's not a whole lot. It's just Gwen, you suck when you suck. <laughs> Still hate it. I mean, I appreciate the genre, but I hate the song. There, I said it. <laughs> all right, moving on. Episode 16, Picnic at Hanging Dork, where their next stop is Australia. Yeah. The uh, remaining contestants are tasked with riding emus to Hanging Rock in Australia and then bungee jumping into a sheep pin and shearing sheep until you find your team logo. Uh, Last, obviously, the team who finds their team logo is safe and the other team has to send somebody home. Once again, Courtney is trying to throw the challenge so that way, if they lose... She can finally get her Gwen. In fact, earlier in the episode, she tries to make Heather join an alliance with her and Sierra into voting off Gwen. Meanwhile, Heather, who's still pissed off at Courtney for trying to throw off the last challenge, actually decides to join in Gwen and Cody's vote into voting off Courtney. Pretty much, Heather is the sign factor. Mm-hmm. Things are getting very tense. Very interesting. Meanwhile, Team Chris is a team of three. 
It's just Alejandro, Duncan, and Owen. Yeah, so they have to spend uh, their time. They're all like uneasy, good terms. But Alejandro has decided that he's going to maybe trying to flirt with Courtney a little bit. And Duncan's actually on in favor of this because Alejandro tells him, hey, it'll throw her off your game. Duncan's like, yeah, all right, you know, whatever. And they kind of start having some fun at Team Amazon's expense. Much to Heather's dismay. Because mm-hmm. she's not so secretly crushing on Alejandro herself. She even tried flirting with Duncan just to get back at him. But obviously it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make anybody happy. Also, we got to see a bit more conflict between Cody and Duncan. That's true, yeah. The Cody-Duncan conflict is explored a little bit. Again, Cody views Duncan as a rival for Gwen's affections, does not like that she kissed him and not himself. And so he kind of tries to screw with him a little bit, but he pays the price for that later when uh, he's bungee jumping and Duncan totally screws him over. He threw a freaking dingo at Cody while he's spinning around the bungee. Which got him mauled and uh, extremely uh, ill. And it doesn't help that even though Team Amazon came in first during the emu race, they had a buzzer to help them shed the sheep faster. But every sheep that they grabbed didn't have a logo on it. Meanwhile, Team Chris, who had literally had like hedge clippers, found the logo on the first sheep they found. <laughs> what luck. <laughs> Team Amazon finally loses. Their first actual elimination ceremony of the whole season. Which is really weird. And mind you, we're very close to the merge. Yeah, we're 16 episodes in. You Most seasons aren't even this epi- many episodes long anymore. <laughs> it's kind of nuts how long it took. An entire team got eliminated before them. In a twist, during the elimination ceremony, there's actually two votes against Courtney and two votes against Gwen, and one for Sierra. It turns out, Cody was so dizzy from his, from his dingo attack that he accidentally voted for Sierra instead of Courtney, thus forcing another tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. In this case, Gwen and Courtney have to feed eucalyptus to a koala. And of course, extremely coincidentally, Gwen's allergic to eucalyptus. So yeah, this was an unfair advantage for Courtney. Yep, so Courtney easily does the challenge, and Gwen is eliminated from the show. It really did piss me off that Gwen got eliminated that way. Yeah, no, it, it's kind of a dumb way to, to kick her out. I mean, really? You, you, that's how... You have to give her, like, some arbitrary way to fail. I don't necessarily mind that Gwen loses here, but couldn't you just make it, like, a close race that Courtney wins? Like, why does it have to be, oh, no, I'm allergic to eucalyptus. It's so dumb. Yeah, that was lame. (laughs) So, much to everybody's dismay and my annoyance, Gwen is eliminated and Courtney is still in the game. Yeah, so bye, Gwen. Very interesting, I always thought, how important the love triangle is, like, during, after London. And then it's just over. Gwen's gone, and it's kind of just, oh, Duncan and Courtney hate each other. Like, it stops being explored, pretty much. And it's, like, kind of weird. But, yeah, yeah I guess each his own. You'd think all three of them would make the merge, but... Yeah. I, I guess they're trying to... I guess they're trying to add more drama. And this, more or less, added more drama. Yeah. You know, the song, Shear the Sheep, it's catchy. Yeah. We get, again, a, like, a rock beat. It's kind of nice... I, I like it. It's pretty solid. It's Team Amazon singing uh, Courtney and Heather pretty much at each other's throats, challenging each other because of what's going on with Duncan and Alejandro. So, you know, kind of cool. Best thing about that song is not really the song itself, but it's the fact that the freaking sheep had a lighter. <laughs> like, that's the only part of the song I genuinely liked. But I am forced to ask how Cody keeps getting out of having to sing. I know it's like a meme, but he doesn't sing here. Yeah, yeah. he gets tortured by Sierra. That's enough for him. Yeah, I guess. All right, episode 17, Sweet and Sour. Ooh, yes, we are now in Sweden. And the teams have to build 
something. They're not actually sure what they have to build. They have a giant pile of wood, and they have to decide what they have to build. Um, and eventually, they will be racing or battling on the things that they build, which will eventually be ships. And it, it'll be a big, exciting battle. This is personally one of my favorite episodes, I think, of the show, or of the season, uh, for a lot of reasons. But we'll get into it. <laughs> we got to see Courtney and Alejandro hit it off, much to Heather's annoyance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cody is devastated that Gwen is gone. Oh, yeah. And I don't oh, yeah. blame him. Cody's never outlasted Gwen before, so this is big for him. He's he's not happy. Meanwhile, Duncan is very suspicious of Alejandro. And Alejandro, being, well, Alejandro, tries to win Owen over. Yes, and Duncan tries to do the same. Make it, being like, come on, Owen, come to your senses. He's We can't trust him. And all throughout, Team Chris is kind of trying to appease Owen. <laughs> Despite them being a team of three. They actually made a kick-ass boat. As for Team Amazon, since Courtney, Sierra, and Heather kept on arguing, Cody took the liberty of making the boat himself, but he didn't make a boat. It was actually Gwen's head. <laughs> a giant wooden Gwen head. I love how Heather was about to massacre him because of that. <laughs> hey, at least he built something. Yeah, that's true. They had nothing else. It's a battle to see who can catch the other team's flag. But not before Owen, who has had a fart badly. <laughs> That's right. So then after Team Chris wins the first challenge, Owen's like, oh, I-, I gotta go. Everybody run. I'm about to burst. He <gasps> farts so loud that he cracks the freaking frozen ocean. Yep. <laughs> My God. The boat battle scene was good too. Especially since they couldn't afford actual cannons. They had to use very, very hard Swedish meatballs. Which were a limited supply, by the way. Eventually, when the teams run out of meatballs, they decide to shoot Owen out of the cannon, which worked. And thus, Team Chris wins again. Again, really great. I like Owen's hero moment where he realizes he isn't being a good leader. He used all the meatballs, and he just farts onto the Team Amazon ship and blows it to smithereens. Team Amazon was about to eliminate Courtney, but in a twist... It's once again a non-elimination challenge. What are the odds? The song loyal listeners of Geeks Crossing may remember. I mentioned that in our very first duo, We Built Gwen's Face was my favorite song. To be honest, my opinion changed. Oh, interesting. I still <laughs> like this song a lot, but rewatching this season, there are a lot more better songs in my opinion. That's very interesting. I do really, really love this song a lot, but it's it's great. It's catchy. It's an ABBA parody, the the most famous band from Sweden. Um, you could tell by all their glittery outfits. <laughs> but it's a great. It's great. Episode eighteen. We're once again back to the aftermath. Aftermath after mayhem. The eliminated contestants, including the peanut gallery, compete in the game for them to win a chance to compete back in the game. Mm-hmm. And we get to see a lot of characters uh, really try to give it their all, including Noah, Tyler, even Beth, uh, even though she didn't really compete. Pretty great stuff. We get a moment where Gwen and Trent briefly reunite. That was such a weird scene, like how they they kind of like reference Trent and Gwen again, and then they go nowhere with it. Again, I really do think Trent could have been in this season but whatever teachers on it's implied that they're in good terms yeah they're at least on good terms but here's something shocking blainly is once again co-hosting because prior to this episode she freaking kidnaps bridget and stows her away on a flight to siberia so that way she can have her place back as co-host i was like wow this fucking bitch she really is horrible <laughs> so to get back at her before the game jeff posts embarrassing footage of blainly 
She has to use like sand machine to clip her toenails. She was eating a slice of pizza that was on the floor, and she was wearing one of those girls. <laughs> but there's also a problem. This show is on a time limit, so if they don't finish the game or the episode on time, then plainly it doesn't get paid. <laughs> so throughout the game, she kept on rushing everybody, like making them do their challenges, which were all based off the respected episodes of this season, by the way. Yeah, yeah, either contestants or uh, locations. Surprisingly, Beth makes it all the way to the final round, which was she had to name the band that Duncan was the lead singer of in London. Obviously, Beth was feeling pressured, and Blangley was like, just say it's your schnitzel kickers. Just say it's your schnitzel kickers. And time's up. The winner is Blainly. <laughs> yeah, so Blainly technically got the trivia question right, meaning Jeff decided that means she won and she gets to go compete on Total Drama World Tour, which is very, very interesting. <laughs> she was like, no fucking way. I'm competing with those losers. So in an ironic twist, we get another new cast member joining the contestants. Yeah, very late in the game, obviously, but yeah, a brand new contestant, technically. Episode 19, Niagara Brawls. They're once again back at Canada, or to be more specific, Niagara Falls, and the teams are finally merged. It's crazy. It feels like it's such a long time that they're on teams this time around, but that's because literally the entirety of Team Victory got vaporized. Yeah. But yeah, so this is the final uh, final seven. We've got Cody, Sierra, Heather, and Courtney, and then you got Duncan, uh, Owen, and Alejandro. But that quickly becomes the final eight when uh, Blainley debuts on the show with a musical number. Yeah, so everything has changed. Now there's eight people, and with this being Niagara Falls, one of the biggest honeymoon destinations in the world, Chris decides to do a wedding-themed challenge where final eight will be grouped in twos and have the quote-unquote groom lead the quote-unquote bride through a maze blindfolded and then walked across a tightrope above Niagara Falls to elope to Canada. Heather is paired with Alejandro. Blainley is paired with Owen. Courtney is paired with Duncan, much to their annoyance. And Sally, for my man Cody, he's paired with Sierra. Dude can't catch a break. To be honest, I didn't like Sierra in this episode. She was so delusional with the whole marriage challenge. There's a reason I don't really like Sierra much as a character, and this is like the worst of it. Like, she's just freaking out of control and out of touch with reality. She was funny in previous episodes. Yeah. yeah except definitely. for the Paris one. But this <laughs> one, I was like, oh my god. You do realize that this is just a challenge. You're not actually married. <sighs> Uh, you'd think she'd realize that, but I don't know if she does. But uh, anyway, so, Blainley struggles dealing with Owen's incompetence, uh, although, you know, he tries his best. Alejandro and Heather kind of form a little bit of a snaky little agreement with each other. Duncan and Courtney obviously squabble the whole time. And then you've got Cody just desperately trying to get away from Sierra. Poor guy. All these marriages obviously have problems. So which one wins? Well, ironically... It was Duncan and Courtney because they answered all the Canada questions right, and they went a trip to first class. Although I don't think either of them are very happy about being together. That said, this was a very interesting elimination ceremony, as Alejandro and Duncan made an agreement with each other while walking across the falls. An agreement that would be very sad for, uh, you know, everybody watching. <laughs> I hate to say it, but... Owen is eliminated. Blainly joins the show and says that, oh, Owen's so popular, it'd be great to team up with him. And Alejandro's like, oh, crap, Owen's popular. That's going to hurt my chances. And so he manages to work together to eliminate him from the show. Poor guy. Other than maybe Cody, probably the only, like, decent person still in the show. 
I guess Sierra kind of too. So it is sad to see him go. But it is yeah. nice that he gets one last unintentional revenge on Alejandro by farting all over him on his way out. When you compare this to his action elimination, this one is more understandable. Yeah. Action yeah. was like completely unfair. And I do yeah. not want to go back into full detail on that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to journey that far back. The song, Blaine Arific, self-explanatory. It's just blatantly being her egotistical self. Yeah. So not much can be said there. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the next episode, Chinese Fake Out. The final seven go to China for a race up the Great Wall on various uh, vehicles and with various little tools. And then they have to compete in an eating challenge of traditional Chinese delicacies, which they all consider disgusting, of course. What's interesting is that, once again, we get to see Chef tamper with the competition blatantly convinces chef that chris is holding him back <laughs> and she convinces him to sabotage the challenge for her mm-hmm. so while I'll the s- other contestants have to deal with such you know things as riding tricycles and skateboards down the uh, great wall she gets a helpful rickshaw ride and when the other contestants are eating disgusting food she gets meatballs and ice cream i was like chef have you learned nothing from last season i guess not <laughs> So, you know, Cody is still trying to avoid Sierra at all costs, but Sierra is so delusional that they're married, <laughs> even earning him an unlikely friendship with Heather. But, you know, Heather was just trying to get him on his good side so they can get rid of Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, him and Courtney still hitting it off, which Duncan finds suspicious. Yeah, we're reaching the point now where Duncan's really starting to get suspicious of Alejandro. So, you know, he works with him in Australia. He works with him in Canada, but or Niagara Falls. But at this point... Duncan's starting to wise up, and he realizes Owen's gone, Alejandro's not trustworthy, he needs to start getting his head in the game. Pretty much everybody makes it past the first challenge, except for Courtney. Mm-hmm. Even Who Sierra, got- to the anger of Cody. <laughs> and during the challenge, since Courtney was the only one who failed to complete the first challenge, she is forced to sit out the second challenge, but that didn't stop Alejandro, oh no. So while Blaine is eating actual food, Alejandro has been secretly feeding his food to Courtney, who she deems has a strong stomach. Yeah, Alejandro's one weakness, is, or one of his weaknesses we've seen throughout the show when he's dealing with Owen is that he is a very weak stomach. So he figures Courtney can help him out. So essentially, we have two cheers on board. <laughs> and what the hell is Chris going to do about it? Well, that's a good fucking question because Chris is constantly on the phone throughout the episode. Yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot about that. The producers. Yeah, yeah. Budget, blah, blah, blah. Chris, get off the phone and host the fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, even Chris can't be blinded to what's happening, so he forces Blaney to switch bowls with Sierra and puts a dragon mask on Courtney so she can't help Alejandro cheat. And, surprise, surprise, Blaney and Alejandro immediately drop out, leaving Sierra immunity, which, of course, she takes Cody with him. Yeah, we forgot to mention, in this season, if you win immunity during the merge, you get to choose who to take with you to first class. Yeah, starting in this episode, because again, in Canada, it, or Niagara Falls, it was predetermined which team of two made it. But uh, yeah, so starting now, Sierra takes Cody, obviously. And I should also say Sierra has been drinking some tea she found in an elderly Chinese woman's tea shop that she thinks if she drinks it will make Cody love her more. So again, we're back to that out of reality, uh, Sierra. And also, something in that tea cause Cody to have an allergic reaction, so him being woozy is going to play into effect in the next episode. Oh, true. So, during the elimination ceremony, there's obviously one bow for Sierra, which doesn't count anyway because she has immunity, but 
Blaney and Courtney both have three votes. Rather than have a tiebreaker, Chris was like, yeah, I have to make budget cuts, so I'm eliminating both of you. <laughs> what? How is eliminating me going to save money? Multiple parachutes, food accommodations. I don't know. You two are just so annoying. Uh, what a way for Courtney to go. Again, kind of like how Gwen was so important and then just was eliminated. It's like Courtney was so important and then just, bye, Courtney. Hey, Courtney's gone. That's all I care about because yeah. you guys know I hate her. And as for Blainley, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who likes Blainley. So, you know, no one really cares. Blainley's gone. Oh, well, bye. What was the fucking point of making her a contestant if you're going to eliminate her in the next episode? Literally, right? It's almost the same case with Eva. <laughs> yeah, except it's not even an issue of space. You could have just made this not a double elimination. Right. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> the song, A Chinese Lesson, it's catchy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's catchy. It's a little uh, like a traditional Chinese melody. It's okay. It's not really a song because it's kind of just verses in between the meals. But for what it is, it's pretty good. Yeah, not one of my favorites, but catchy to a degree. Yeah. Next episode, African Lion Safari. The next stop for our final five is Africa. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the Serengeti, the big savanna in Tanzania. Uh, Tanzania, excuse me. Where, the, of course, they will be on safari. They have to hunt down the scariest most delirious wild animal that chris could find zeke <laughs> yeah we should say when blainley gets eliminated she starts blabbing about a bunch of secrets of the trade that she knows including the fact that cody keeps voting for sierra heather and alejandro are into each other and that she should have hosted the total drama island instead of chris but one of the secrets that she gives out is that ezekiel is still on the plane and so chris and chef go and find him and my god he has lost any trace of humanity <laughs> it's actually kind of sad i know fans of ezekiel are not really happy with this looking back but for what it is i guess it's kind of funny how he's just like a beast now it definitely caught me off guard watching this for the first time but after a while it kind of makes sense because you can tell being the first contestant eliminated has ruined his self-esteem it's like he said he's barely even human anymore <laughs> yeah so the first part of the challenge where they had to combine soccer and croquet i think it's called. oh yes sock it to me uh, soccer and cricket right so yeah so that happens they have to get their ammo from like jars or gourds and then they have to use this ammo which is trank balls tranquilizer balls to hunt down ezekiel and whoever nabs him gets immunity we get an interesting alliance between duncan heather and alejandro obviously they're trying to outrank each other oh yeah these are three like kind of dark-hearted schemers at each other's throats pretending to be friendly and then you got Sierra walking, running around with Cody on her back like a baby because he's out cold from the tea. He also gets kidnapped by baboons. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, he does get kidnapped by baboons. I mean, to be fair, it was her fault because of that damn tea. Yeah, that's true. Again, Sierra's kind of crazy. So Sierra tries fighting baboons for Cody, while Heather and Alejandro secretly conspire to betray Duncan. But not before Alejandro taking Heather's tranquilizer balls. Of course. So while Duncan gets mauled by Ezekiel, Alejandro knocks him out and wins immunity. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being perfect. Chris tries desperately to get everyone on the plane before Ezekiel can wake up. Of course, it doesn't work. Ezekiel finds his way back on the plane. And Alejandro has immunity. And much to everybody's dismay, Duncan is eliminated. Too bad, though. I mean, top five is so great. Yeah. Top five is great. That goes to show that how much of a light character Duncan is. Because, like, the writers obviously like Duncan, so they're trying to make him stay in the game as long as he can. Yeah. 
But now we've got the double date uh, final four of uh, the two new characters, Alejandro and Sierra, and their love interests, uh, Heather and Cody. <laughs> Surprisingly, Alejandro chooses Cody to take with him the first class, much to Heather's annoyance and Sierra's devastation. <laughs> yeah, Alejandro being Alejandro, he's trying to be on good terms with everybody, so he wants to, you know, scratch Cody's back, let Cody scratch his later. Obviously, Sierra's pissed off because, you know, that's my husband you're taking. Oh, God, I forgot she still thinks they're married. At this point, Sierra should just wake up already. Speaking of which, that's actually the name of the song in this episode. Oh, yes, Wake Up, I forgot. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty decent song. The characters get knocked out with Trank Balls at one point, and they have to sing about how they want to get up and keep the challenge going. It was, they can win immunity. It was funny, but there are definitely better songs than this one. I think you summed up exactly how I feel about it. Funny, but not the best. Next episode, Rapa Fui. The final four travel to Rapa Nui, or Easter Island, to compete on an Easter egg hunt, because, yeah, I get it, Easter Island, during which they have to find three eggs with their chosen colors on it and return them to an angry condor nest. <laughs> Alejandro easily sways Cody into an alliance while Heather tries to form an alliance with Sierra. Mm-hmm. Which both work to an extent. Yeah. Well, I mean, for Cody, it was pretty obvious. Alejandro went him over with his candy. <laughs> and in a funny twist on the Easter Island statues, the final four are actually looking for eggs in giant rock carvings of every eliminated contestant in Total Drama World Tour. I don't know about you, Matt, but this definitely gave me the wooden head vibes from the Triumph Triathlon. Like, you know, similar vibes. Absolutely. Same, like, same, same vibes, 100%. It's pretty cool getting to look back at all the contestants who've been in the season. It, it feels like an eternity since we saw Harold, you know? During the challenge, one of the eggs that Sierra found hatched into a baby condor. <laughs> and the baby, and as you guys know your biology, the first thing a baby bird sees is its mother. Doesn't matter what it is. Whatever it sees, that's its mother. And in this case, it's Heather. Much so to little, her annoyance. Yeah. Little Cody Jr. takes a liking. To Heather, to Heather, yeah, Heather's annoyance, as you said. Yeah, so eventually Alejandro is the first to return his eggs. He gets some face gear to protect himself from the condor. And the four each take a crack at climbing the giant pillar. Ultimately, it's going to be Heather who's victorious, winning herself immunity into the final three, at least she believes. It turns out that this is once again a non-elimination round. That said, once again, they do cast their votes, and Sierra looks set to go home because Alejandro and Cody both team up against her. But, again, non-elimination round, so it doesn't matter. Heather takes Alejandro with her to first class, which is no surprise there. Mm-hmm. So the final four still remains for now. Mm-hmm. As for the song this episode, uh, just called Condor, I, I think it's pretty funny. Each character kind of gets a verse as they sing. To a kind of uh, Spanish beat in the background, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool, I guess. I love how Cody was the only one who sang about, oh, I don't want to be in the final three. Why am I still here? I should be home. <laughs> yeah, like I'm such a loser. Poor Cody. <laughs> Come on, Cody, don't say that, man. You're in the top four, bro. <laughs> All right, next episode. Ah, Drum Hiller. The final four uh, go back to Canada, specifically to Drum Hiller. Um, this big like rock bed, I think it's in like Alberta or something, where there's a lot of oil, a lot of dinosaur fossils. And so unsurprisingly, they have to find both. They have to build a dinosaur skeleton with real dinosaur fossils, creating their own dinosaurs. And whoever gets the most creative one gets a pickaxe that they can use to dig up oil. 
first person to find oil wins immunity. Alejandro, being the sly devil that he is, prints out a fake photo of Cody snuggling with Heather and shows it to Sierra. And Sierra, obviously being delusional, wants to make sure Heather suffers. Yup. Oh, gosh. Speaking of Cody, what's interesting is that this is one of the first times that we actually got revealed of the character's birthday. Oh, yes. We know that this episode, whenever it takes place in the show, this episode is Cody's birthday. We find that out because Sierra's dinosaur statue was in honor of Cody's birthday, in which he's touched by because even he forgot his own birthday, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I guess he's been so worried about the show. But uh, again, this is kind of one of those moments that Cody really, like, Sierra becomes humanized to Cody. Like, oh, that's actually really nice of you. Yeah, this is one of the episode's strength, in my opinion. Even though Sierra has been a huge pain in the ass throughout the series to Cody, this is where we finally see them have decent chemistry. Oh, actually, I forgot. This is That's it. Like, this is the episode that permanently fixes their relationship. From this point on, Cody's actually not going to mind Sierra that much. He'll actually consider her a friend. So, yeah, the, remembering his birthday is pretty big to him. Is there a chance that we're going to be more than friends? Uh, yeah, you'll be my best friend. Then she squealed, <laughs> saying that, oh, that's a start. Oh, good old Sierra. Meanwhile, Heather and Alejandro are digging. Alejandro doesn't have a pickaxe. Heather mocks him for it. And then, of course, the tides turn when Heather gets stuck in a hole and begs Alejandro to help her out. Alejandro promises to help her out. Should she not vote him out in tonight's elimination? She agrees, and uh, he helps her out. Then uh, it's time for the elimination. Who wins immunity? Is it Sierra this time? Yes, Sierra wins immunity halfway through the episode. Yep. Halfway through the episode, Sierra wins immunity, but instead of spending time with Chris, which was supposed to be the reward, (laughs) she has other plans in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Some birthday preparations. Oh, we should probably mention, Cody helped made Sierra realize that the photo of him and Heather is fake, so Sierra convinces Heather to vote off Alejandro with her and Cody. Right, yes, yes, yes. So Heather obviously goes back on her word with Alejandro, no surprise there. But just when the votes are about to be revealed, Sierra rushes back to the plane to announce the surprise birthday celebration for Cody. But unfortunately, because the candles, or in this case, firecrackers, were flickering over a puddle of oil, the freaking plane explodes. (laughs) The entire plane blows up in a massive fireball Unable to ever take off again. It is insane. Sierra is burnt to the core and lost all her hair. Just for this episode, by the way. Yeah. And Chris is beyond pissed off about this. That he was like, you know what? Fuck immunity. You're out of the competition. And just like that, the final three, Cody, Heather, and Alejandro. My God, this was something. Just when you think Alejandro was so close to getting eliminated. Boom. Some unfortunate incident just saves his ass. And of course, right after the ceremony, Alejandro goes to see the votes and finds, sure enough, that Heather betrayed him, and he is not happy about that. I gotta be honest, the song, This Is How It Would End, it's one of my favorites. I was just gonna say, yeah. It really symbolizes, it really symbolizes Alejandro's path throughout the competition, like the people he manipulated how satisfying it is to see Heather be the next person to suffer. Yep, 100%. And it, it, yeah, it's a great song. And it, again, I really like it. shows off like Lashana, Bridget, Courtney, all the people he's like ruined just to get further. 
And that's not even mentioning all the dudes he's tricked, too. I mean, and ruined, too. Tyler, Noah, DJ, Harold. I mean, he, he ruins everybody's chances, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy just thinking about it. And it also shows, like, this rivalry between him and Heather. So, yeah, it's a really great time. Now we move on to the fourth and final Aftermath show, Hawaiian style. This is the last uh, Aftermath show we've ever gotten to this day, at least. And it's a pretty cool one. It's all the contestants are now in Hawaii on the... Uh, set of the finale they're waiting for everything to happen sadly not really any interviews they they kind of rush owen uh courtney and duncan out but they don't really do much with them because they're in a rush to get to the next challenge and they definitely don't give a shit about blangley who's who crashes in the middle of china yeah and is a full body cast and like what seems to be like some kind of little lift like a little um package carrier which is you know very funny because again nobody cares about blangley (laughs) But anyway, after a little song and dance, Jeff reveals that the uh, three eliminated contestants will get to do a little bit of a challenge of their own to decide who gets a bonus in the finale, which of the final three. The eliminated contestants in the peanut gallery split into three teams based on who they want to support. It's pretty much everyone likes Cody, some people like Alejandro, and no one likes Heather. (laughs) Except for Blainley. Yeah. Or Duncan must have gave her the Heather flag at pity. <laughs> so what ends up happening is Blainley races for Heather. The challenge is a race down a, a river, a waterfall river. Harold races for Cody and Courtney races for Alejandro because apparently, always found this kind of weird. Back in season one, Courtney watched Total Drama Island and found out that Harold rigged the votes against her. But Courtney never seemed to discover that Alejandro was manipulating her by watching Total Drama World Tour. Because she's still enamored with him. I think it's because... Ollie Hunter is so cunning, and he plays the game so well that she's impressed by it. Like, wow, if he was able to outsmart me, then he must be good. Uh, I guess that's possible. Yeah, I didn't think it like that. Then again, this is Courtney we're talking about, so who the hell knows what she's thinking? Yup. So one member from Team Cody, Team Alejandro, and Team Heather, respectively, have to pick a spirit animal, surf down a waterfall near an erupting volcano, and try to get a flower petal over their spirit animal, and whoever wins the challenge will win an award that will come in handy for one of the finalists during the final challenge. Mm-hmm. Courtney chooses a jaguar to represent Alejandro. Harold chooses a deer to represent Cody, which everybody mocks him for. And Blainley, who is now under the care of Owen, chooses <laughs> a dingo, I think. Yeah, something like dog. I think maybe like a Rottweiler or something like that. It is a neck-and-neck race, but sadly, Courtney wins, thus winning Alejandro a wheelbarrow, which, according to Jeff, will come in handy during the final challenge. In second place, we have Harold, who wins Cody a baby carriage. <laughs> and for coming in last, Blaney gets nothing for Heather. Yep. By the way, at this point, the wheelbarrow and baby carriage are not revealed why they're important. We're just assuming they are. And just like that, Jeff signs out. Once again, two songs. In this case, it's Who You Gonna Root For and I'm Winning This. I think both songs are pretty catchy. I, I think they're both actually pretty good. Honestly, I prefer the first song. Hmm. Yeah, very, like, the ukulele, the Hawaiian beat. And no, it's not just because of, uh, who the hell am I kidding? It's because of Harold's rap. He really does support Cody. Yeah. Yeah, so the second to last episode. Oh, yes, planes, trains, and hot air mobiles. An uncanny resemblance to planes, trains, and automobiles. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, the plane's blown up, and so Chris tasks the final three with getting to Hawaii, and the first two people to get there are the final two. And with that, he takes off in his helicopter with Chev and abandons Cody, 
Alejandro, Heather, and the defeated Sierra, who each have to find their own way to get all the way to Hawaii. Heather sneaks aboard a train with Alejandro secretly following her, obviously for revenge, and Cody decides to travel airborne. He makes his own hot air balloon, but inevitably it gets caught in a storm, so he gets stranded briefly. But thanks to a guy who runs a fireworks stand, just so happens to be a big fan of Cody, lends Sierra free fireworks so Cody can continue traveling airborne. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, what a champ. (laughs) Literally. Meanwhile, Heather and Alejandro confront each other on the train and face off Alejandro using sneaky tactics, including utilizing Ezekiel. (laughs) And all in all, Alejandro gets knocked off the train, finds some wild horses, uh, decides to ride like a stallion. And uh, it's a neck-and-neck race. Again, everybody ends up on the beaches of Mexico where there's some speedboats waiting. Um, And again, just craziness. Really, really close race as they race speedboats from Mexico to Hawaii. Much to everybody's annoyance, Heather makes it first, earning her spot in the final two. And much to my pleasure, Cody makes it second. Thus, we have the final two. Um, I don't know about that, buddy. (laughs) You might want to hear what Chris has to say on the matter. No, what are you talking about? Cody beat Alejandro. Well, uh, see, about that. <laughs> oh, no, don't tell me. Yes, according to Chris, it is a tie. Alejandro and Cody apparently arrived at the same exact time, and thus we have to have a tiebreaker in the finale. But before we get to the final episode, I'm going to make it top tier song. There, I said it. Oh, it's great. It's a fantastic song. It really, like, it, it sums up the, the spirit of the final three. You have Heather and Alejandro who've battled against the odds. Heather battling a team that absolutely hated her. Alejandro scheming his way to the final three. Like, again, they facing off. And then you have Cody in the hot air balloon. Like, I, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm still here. <laughs> I love everything about that song. From the beats, the melody, like, the themes. <sighs> the final episode, Hawaiian Punch. At last, we have our final two. They have to make a pineapple dummy at their opponent and race it all the way to the top of the volcano and dump that set dummy into the lava. The first person that does that will win the $1 million. But first, but because for some reason, Chris decided to be a dickhead and said, oh, we don't have time to watch the footage. We're just going to need a tiebreaker just to figure out who came in second. So after deciding or pulling from a large option of different possibilities they decide to trial by combat uh, on a fire a fiery um like wooden platform above like a shark infested waters yes with heather tied up which does lead to a funny joke when alejandro says oh why don't we just leave heather tied up and me and cody can be the final two but no you know they it's a little unfair again it kind of reminds me of the of when gwen just randomly had a eucalyptus allergy Uh, it's kind of just like you can see what the writers are doing they're like oh really you just you're putting Cody in a physical situation. You know he can't do this. He can't beat Alondra like this. No. Oh my god. Stop. 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 But um, truth be told, Cody holds his own for a little while before Alejandro distracts him by mentioning Sierra. And sadly, everyone's favorite returning contestant from season one is knocked off of the platform into shark-infested waters. No! himself. Earning himself disqualification. I'm sorry. It's been 10 years. I'm so frustrated with that. I love this season a lot. But Mm -hmm. this finale, oh my god. I was rooting for Cody to win through and through. 
Granted, Cody didn't do much this season, but just make it to the finale. Would have been a chance to prove himself, you know? I see that. It's like you said, throughout the season, he was shown as Sierra's freaking stuffed animal. <laughs> Barely <laughs> didn't do anything. That. But this could have been Cody's chance to prove himself that, hey, I don't need Sierra. I can win this game on my own. But no. It does kind of defeat the stereotypes. You're right. Like, Cody could have proved that he could beat it without Sierra. And then what happens? The, f- the first five seconds he's not with Sierra, he loses. <laughs> no, that's not what you're... You're literally feeding into the narrative. But, you know, Heather and Alejandro were the team players of the season. So I guess it makes sense to make them the final two. But come on. Two villains in the finale? <laughs> It is. Like, a, come it, on. It, it is interesting. It's the first time the villain of a season's ever been in the finale. Usually they are eliminated like how Heather was in season one and Courtney was in season two. All right, so aside from that tangent, Heather and Alejandro have to pick two helpers. Cody, who's obviously furious about almost dying, volunteers to be one of Heather's helpers. And Harold volunteers too because, hey, even though Cody's out of the game, I still support him. <laughs> Alejandro chose Courtney because, you know, She's still affected by him, and he was going to pick Tyler, but since Lindsay accidentally knocked him out, she decides to take his place. Mm-hmm. So we have the battle. Um, both uh, learn that they have to, you know, build mannequins of each other out of pineapples and driftwood and uh, carry them to the top of the volcano. So as they're building, they sing their song. Their helpers get them the supplies they need, and it goes along. Uh, Alejandro ends up doing it first, of course, and he has the wheelbarrow. Heather does have access to Cody's carriage, but it proves completely worthless. It's basically them trying to one-up each other. But here's where it gets interesting. Unlike most villains, we actually get to know Alejandro's motives. Think about how Heather and Courtney were handled as villains. Heather was only a villain because she played the game strategically. For Courtney, she was just being a spoiled bitch and upset. (laughs) But for Alejandro, it's different. It turns out that he suffers from inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. So even though he's great at everything, his big brother, Joe, Jose, is even better at everything. And so he wanted to use this show as a chance to prove himself. And so it really annoys him. In fact, this is why he hates being called Al so much. is because uh, that's what Jose always calls him. <laughs> this is why I think Alejandro is the best villain in the series. Because he actually has a motive. True. I mean, I guess that's a good point. And, and, and geez, is he effective, too, brutally. Even Heather didn't cause this many eliminations. But despite all that, what do you know it? Heather and Alejandro actually fall for each other. At least that's what we think. Heather confesses his, her feelings to Alejandro just as he's about to win. And when they share a passionate kiss, she kicks him in the groin and sends him to the bottom of the volcano. Um, that was also satisfying. So satisfying after so many characters got screwed over by him. Oh, man. It's very uh, ironic how... Everybody was cheering for Heather, the person they all initially hated. It was just so satisfying to see Heather's arc come full circle. It really is. So depending on your country, Heather dumps her dummy into the lava and wins the money. Or, in the alternate ending, she accidentally dumps Alejandro's dummy, which means he's technically the winner. I think that alternate ending is so dumb. I mean... Thinking about the island in action ones, it's kind of just like based on a vote, you know, based on a who can go to the finish line in a close race. At this point, it's so clear the writers wanted Heather to win. <laughs> like yeah, they, they, had, even... they had to come up with a stupid reason. Like, okay, it's pretty obvious we want Heather to win. What can we do as an alternate ending? Oh, I know. Let's just switch the dummies around. <laughs> I guess you but... could say that's karma for all the stuff Heather did for two and a half seasons. <laughs> well, we learned from locals that 
mixing pineapple with lavas is not ideal because the volcano starts to erupt. But not before Ezekiel claws his way to the top of the volcano and grabs the million-dollar briefcase from Heather in her ending, or Chris in Alejandro's ending. And, of course, in, in the infamous Lord of the Rings parody moment, he plunges into the volcano with the briefcase, meaning no one gets the money, and everyone immediately has to flee a fiery, lava-filled death like Ezekiel just looked like he had. Now, usually, this would transition to a reunion special, but that's the thing. There is no reunion special for this season. Yeah, this kind of represents the end of the initial three seasons. You know, you had Island Action World Tour. They all referenced each other constantly. There were the two seasons in between, the specials, I mean, in between. And that's kind of over. This is like the original run with the original cast, and it's over. Chris even hints as much when he says, we'll probably need a whole new cast in the next season. Yeah, that's the end of it. No special to go to. It's kind of crazy, though. Although, we do get a fascinating post credit scene where <laughs> Alejandro is getting restored after being burned by the lava in an obvious parody of Revenge of the Sith, for those of you who love Star Wars. He's put in the drama machine that makes some appearances in the Total Drama Action Aftermath show um, and, you know, obviously is not happy that the million dollars got burned. I guess we should use this moment, too, to talk about the finale song, which is called... It's Verses, verses. I've never been blown away by this song. Actually, I kind of was disappointed by the, the fact that this is the last song, and it's just Heather and Alejandra singing in auto-tuned voices to each other. It's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. If you were going to make the final song for the season, it could have came out stronger. But like you said, I, Matt, yeah. it's just Heather and Alejandra roasting each other, singing in auto-tune. Enough said. I honestly would have preferred like a reprise of Come Fly With Us, I think. Like, with edited lyrics or something like that. Just something a little bit grander than just this. I don't know. Uh, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So, overall, I love this season. I think it was much better than action. It's not to say action was bad, but this one definitely had better character developments, better challenges. And a lot of people say this is the best season, which we probably should have mentioned earlier. I can see it. Oh, yeah. To, but, to me, the original will still be the best. You know me. I always love the original. But I will say that World Tour is my second favorite. It's coming in very, very close. Ugh, I was going to say it's so close for me, too. I don't remember if I watched this first, if I watched Island first. I, I probably watched Island first, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I mean, you have to. No, I mean, like, as a kid, I don't know why. I might have just turned on the TV and saw this. Like, I don't know. I was a dumb little kid. But anyway, every season of Total Drama has problems, obviously. Island, we complained, or especially I complained so much about the elimination order, how some eliminations didn't make sense, how some characterization didn't make sense. World tours, when things start getting a little loopy, we start getting a little unrealistic, we start getting a little bit sadistic, we start being like, oh, okay, instead of summer camp, why don't we have you guys jump out of planes and stuff? It's like, eh, starting to have to suspend my disbelief. But the arc of these characters, we have great writing, great lines, great characters, great relationships, great villains. Not to mention great songs. Well, great songs even though i'm still iffy with the finale i will say it's one of the most epic finales we have to date with total drama i don't think it's ever gotten more epic than this maybe the closest it's gotten it w since was uh the ridiculous race which we'll get to many months from now but yeah it, this is probably the peak of finales honestly this might be controversial i think i would put world tour just a little hair above the original island maybe literally i could sleep on it and maybe change my mind it's that close but this is what it's great. What a way to end the original three seasons. But what about you people that are listening right now? What do you think of Total Drama World Tour? Do you love it? Do you hate it? 
Do you think it's the best season, or do you still think the original is the best? Let us know on our Discord server. A link will be provided as always, along with the link to our Instagram page, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all available platforms wherever you're listening to us right now, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. And be sure to tell your friends and families about this podcast, especially the total drama fans in your life. Also, follow Nuclear Bacons, CryptoWatt Games, and our secret fit member Tyler on Twitch. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.